Ben Riley takes on the mob. Judas Traveler goes away, and the site celebrates its 20th anniversary. All this and more here on the Clone Saga Chronicles podcast, powered by Spidey-Dude.com and the Spidey Dude Radio Network. Whoa, I don't think I even want to hear your story. All of you must hear the Scarlet Spider story. My name is Ben Riley. I'm related to this reality's Peter Parker. How? I'm his clone. Or maybe he's my clone. We're not sure. I'm the real Spider-Man. I don't know what kind of mind game this is, but I'm the real Spider-Man. The real Peter Parker. You see? Clones. I thought I was that clone. I tried to stay out of Peter's life by taking on a new identity. I dyed my hair, changed my name to Ben Riley. When I became a costume hero of the Scarlet Spider, it really made him angry. But the next big blow came from Dr. Kurt Connors. He discovered that, according to our genetic structures, it might be Peter who was the clone, not me. That news pushed Peter Parker over the edge. Now he hated me with a passion. This is starting to sound like a bad comic book plot. It gets worse. Why didn't you just tell me I was a clone? The cloning process has proven unstable. Saga Chronicles, the podcast. I'm Zach Joyner, your friendly neighborhood host and webmaster of Spidey-Dude.com and the Spidey Dude Radio Network. And this episode, I'm going to be joined by Gerard Delatour, the second, the host of Mayday Mondays. Hi. And Greg Bashansky, the host of Spectacular Radio. Yeah, I guess I'm here too. And we also got Donovan Morgan Grant. Uh, he'll be coming on a little bit later. He's running a little behind, so we're going to go ahead and get started. So uh, the first things first, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Ben Riley uh, series ending. I know, Gerard, you don't read it, but Greg, have you been reading the uh, Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider series? I have not been reading it. Not a, This is not a judgment on the book. I just don't have any local comic shops anymore. I can understand that. I, I have. I mean, I've read it from the beginning. I read through it, the whole thing. Uh, what about you, Gerard? Was I right? Of course I haven't read a goddamn page of that. Why would I? <laughs> I told you I stopped reading Spider-Man comics in 2012. I wasn't joking. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, yeah, basically uh, it looks like the, the solicitations that issue 25 is the final issue, which is actually um, about where I said it was going to end. So um, score one for the home team, I suppose. Um, what I've heard... If what I've heard is getting screwed over by events, as often happens when you work at Marvel. Well, well, it's 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 Peter. You cannot have a Peter David Spider-Man book without having some sort of bleeping event. So, uh, yeah. Uh, now, um, to move on to our next topic, since you know we don't really have much to say on that, I am kind of sad it's ending. Um, however, that uh, I, I feel like. Uh, it had a good run, 25 issues in this environment's pretty good for for a volume, and uh, it lasted as long as Kane's book, and Kane's book was hot and cold, so. Oh my god, did you really just say, in this environment, 25 issues is pretty good? How what a sad indictment of the modern comics industry. That's that's very true. Very but don't worry, they'll be back with a new Scarlet Spider issue one a month later. It's a true story. And eventually we'll cover it on this show. Anyway, uh, moving on to more exciting things for Gerard Delatour. Uh, ben Riley is going to be an unlockable skin in the new Insomniac game. Can't wait. Honestly, this game looks so awesome. <laughs> the, the two of the three pre-order costumes suck pretty hard. But, yeah. like, yeah, everything I've, other than that, everything I've seen about this game is going to be great. I can't wait. I am yeah. not even much of a gamer, and I'm really looking forward to this damn thing. 
By the way, Zach, I, I would expect many other. I would expect Spider Ben to be one of the costumes as well. Yeah, I, I expect that too. I um, Game Informer did a article, and I'm going to pull it up. I had it pulled up earlier, and I forgot to, so I'm going to edit this part out. But <clears throat> oh, what you're actually going to edit this episode? I thought putting the music live at the start was just giving you an excuse to be a lazy prick and not do it. Hey, you're could be an asshole, asshole. <laughs> By the way, did you even bother to check to see if that comes up in the recording? It does. Yes, I did check. Okay. I, checked it with, I checked it with him. All right. Anyway, so um, yeah, Game Informer did a, a little pre, another preview. They've done two different. They had the they had the cover uh, of uh, a couple of months back with uh, with Game Informer on the game, but this was like somebody got to play four hours of, of gameplay, which is apparently the first act of the game, which is pretty impressive. Um. So like the like so some of the suits that are in the game you have the classic suit that's damaged and then you can repair the the classic suit. Um, the noir suit is available and then Scarlet Spider he actually wore that for most of his play session. This is what he had to say quote This is the Ben Riley original complete with the quote unquote awful blue hoodie and giant web webbing wrist bracelets. The level of detail on the suit is impressive. The hoodie is an independent object that moves realistically when Spidey performs acrobatic feats. Using sophisticated AR tech, Spider-Man can project hollow decoys as the Scarlet Spider. They stand motionless in the environment and look a bit like holograms in Star Wars. These projections also use voice clips to distract foes. Peter is wildly amused by his holograms and periodically says something about them. You need you need three crime tokens and two landmark tokens to unlock this relic from yesteryear. Yeah, this is... Uh, actually, that actually sounds like it's very easy to unlock, knowing nothing about the game. Yeah, exactly. So that's pretty cool. I I like that it's pretty easy to unlock, because it's probably one of the most popular alternate Spider-Man um, costumes in gaming and in comics. So I, I, yeah. I'm excited for this game. This game looks effing gorgeous. And I just got to say, I mean, that's, this is one of the best-looking games I've seen in a long, long time. And I like the fact that it's Sony exclusive because I think it really it, it enables them to amp it up a, a notch that they wouldn't be able to do previous. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Mm-hmm. So Josh won't be on. He's working. So. Okay. Uh, anyway, but uh, moving on to our next topic at hand. Um, ASM, we have a new show on the network called Amazing Spider-Man Classics. Um, now it's not a new show. I want to make this clear. I think some people are getting confused that we're continuing on what they started. We are not. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder why when the first thing you said was we have a new show on the network called Amazing Spider-Man Classics. <laughs> it's a new show to our network. It's not a new show. It is bringing the catalog of Amazing Spider-Man Classics to Spidey-Dude.com. If I haven't heard it, it's new to me. There you go. There's a lot of people that may or may not have heard the show, and so we didn't want the show to die because it was it was a really good show. In fact, I think Gerard, you uh, guest you were guest host on one of the episodes, weren't you? I sure was. So, uh, and of course, it has Josh and Don, who are obviously familiar on this show and on the network. So, uh, all in all, really excited to bring it here, um, and it kind of coincides with our our last topic on the news. Who is obsessive compulsive enough to save every episode of that podcast? I have to give an acknowledgement to Greg Bashansky. He is the reason that the show is alive today, because he had every single episode downloaded, and uh, so it was through him that we were able to get those those uh, episodes online. And so thank you to Greg. Obviously, thank you to John and Josh and Don for letting us letting us have it on the network. 
We're excited to bring a part of the SpideyDo.com radio network. And so, like I say, we'll get all 40 ep- of the original episodes out over these next several months. So I, I think we are missing like a random Q and A, are we? I believe not, so. Like, I, yeah, it's not, there, there's one or two episodes lost, but it's pretty much the complete archive of the show. One thing that will be quote unquote new um, is there was a YouTube video that we sh- we had done like where during San Diego Comic Con 2011, where it was mm-hmm. kind of like a hodgepodge guest appearance type thing where everybody was in the same room. So I'm gonna rip the audio from that and also make that a like the last episode. So our next to last episode. Because there's like okay, a okay. there's a show called uh, yeah so um, yeah really looking forward to all that and uh, looking forward to uh, to new people discovering a really great show so uh, this leads into our last topic on the news which is the 20th anniversary of the site so in 1998 my dad D Joiner um, launched uh, Spidey Dude Spider Man page. And mainly because I wanted he basically had set it up as a as my home page, like when I would log on and I said, can other people see it? Dad said, no, no, only you can see it right now. And so he uh, launched it on uh, on June 17th, 1998. And here we are 20 years later uh, doing doing the podcast on the site. So I'm really excited. And in the most Spidey dude fashion of all time on the actual anniversary, the site was down. Yes, it's almost a meme at this point. You know, even I can laugh at that. So, death taxes. We're gonna do uh, next up. We're gonna do the voicemails. Um, so I am. Uh, we got five voicemails. I kind of put out a call to some friends because knowing this was gonna be our 20th anniversary, and I wanted to uh, play the voicemails. And um, the first, I'm gonna do them in order of which of which they were received. And so uh, our first voicemail is going to be from George Berryman. Spidey dude, congrats on 20 years. This is George, uh, and I would leave a longer message, but I'm going to go back and read uh, Nick Spencer's ASM number one and two uh, all over again because I'm still riding a high off of that. So talk to you soon, brother. Congrats on 20 years. Love you, man. Bye. Firstly, thanks George for the for the for the kind wishes. And secondly, I've actually I, I've read Nick Spencer's both ASM one and two, or as I like to call them, eight oh two and eight oh three, Marvel. Um, I enjoy both of those. Uh, I know Greg, you've read the have you read those books yet? Yes, I have. I like them. I'm waiting part. I'm waiting for the other shoot to drop because I've been down this road with Marvel before. But if they keep up in the direction they seem to be going, then I'll be relatively happy. Yeah, I, I feel like um, Nick Spencer is a much better writer. I've been trying to convince like Gerard to uh, to read um, Superior Foes, but he just refuses. But it's, it's a good book. It, it, it to me, Nick Spencer is the best thing to come to Spider Man in a long time. At least based on these two issues. Now, a year from now, we may be like, boo, kind of like Gerard, you know, over here. Yeah, I, uh, no, I have enjoyed ASM number one and two. Uh, Ryan, Otley's arts, I like it, but I can see where people don't. Does that make sense? It's decent art. I'm just not sure it's decent Spider-Man art. Yeah, I mean, I would much, preference would be to have, like, Ryan Stegman and Mark Bagley on there, but, um... I, I I like Otley's art better than I do Humberto Ramos until oh wait Humberto Ramos is showing up in October boo I want Mark Bagley to draw everything uh, we move on to our second voicemail from Ryan Reed 
Hey, Zach, it is Ryan Reed, your buddy old lockdown from uh, Spider-Man Crawl Space. Just wishing you a happy 20th anniversary and all the amazing things you've been doing over the last 20 years, I have to say, as a person who was a fan of the Clone Saga and had his pieces, especially when I came back to comics in the uh, mid-90s. It was right in the middle of the Clone Saga. I kept getting shamed for liking Ben Riley and related characters, um, which kind of kept me some problems, especially when I got into Spider-Girl about old May Day there. So uh, I want to thank you for keeping the site going, uh, the podcast, the show. It's been wonderful, as well as your work on Spider-Man Crawl Space podcast, guys. So thank you so much, and happy anniversary again. And if you're wondering, I am from Illinois. Bye. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, I've known Lockdown for a long time. He was a big uh, mainstay, not only at the Crawl Space, but also at the Spider-Girl message boards. Ger- I remember Gerard. the guy. Yeah, you probably remember the yeah. guy. Gerard, you remember the guy? Really nice yeah, guy. I remember, I remember him. I'm not liking all this mentioning of the ter- of the words Spider-Man blank space. I think we should beep these out in the episode. Now, uh, we've we, I've called this guy my clone on that other show, and so he decided to call it Mike McNulty, a.k.a. Still a Nerd. Hey, Spider-Dude, this is your clone, Mike McNulty, a.k.a. Silly Nerd, calling you from Washington State, wishing you a happy 20th anniversary and for celebrating all things related to the Spider-Man clone saga, reminding us that what others may regard as madness, others embrace as passion. Thank you for 20 years, and here's hoping we can have 20 more. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate that. I've, I've, I've gotten to know Mike over the last several years a little bit even better than, than just you know reading his ramblings on the Internet. So, uh, really, really cool guy. It's just the fact that we sound very similar um, is the reason why I call him my clone. So, uh, so, I was, so I was reading the uh, text of his email there that was on the screen before, and it seems to have written clone as cologne. So, <laughs> while we're on the subject, then, you're, what does Ben Riley smell like? What does Kane smell like? Do you think there are different flavors of cologne? Uh, well, I, I think he would be a guy that smelled like, um, like uh, Brute. Would be uh, would be Kane and uh, Ben Riley would be Curve. Okay, let's translate it for people who don't speak Cracker. What what is Brute and Curve? Brute is two types of cologne. What Brute was the uh, cologne that was endorsed by Troy Aikman and Curve's like a popular cologne that's for white people. I wear Sauvage. Yeah. So we got two more voicemails. Um, <laughs> ironically enough, the uh, the text on the Google voicemail says, "Hey, lady, dude." <laughs> lady exactly. dude and you cologne to, you want to yeah. tell us something lady dude <laughs> alright anyway here, here's Javi from Austin Texas hey Spidey dude it's Javi swinging in from Austin Texas just calling to wish you a happy anniversary uh, no jokes about bags of flour hoodies or uh, 12 inch scarlet spiders man just nothing but congratulations on 20 years of hard work and clone love. But uh, here's to 20 and another 20. Thanks, Javi. Appreciate it, man. I like Javi. Uh, Javi Torillo, I, I, you might remember him from, like, uh, the... He was on the Spire Girl message board, too, I think. I remember him. Yeah, really nice guy. Really, also, really it, nice guy. Bags of Flower, what is that a reference to? <sighs> it's a meme that's on the um, website that shall not be named. Because when Ben Riley died and he uh, turned into a flower-like substance, right? Technically dust, but they use that to troll me. So fair enough. I mean, I've I've got a meme to troll you with. I'm blading. (laughs) (laughs) An infamous meme from this show. Uh, Last one. I don't feel so good. Yeah, no kidding. 
Uh, he bent rallied himself out of existence. <laughs> uh, damn it, Thanos. All right, anyway, this is our last voicemail from a uh, good buddy in Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Zach. This is the Chi-Town Spidey, and I'm calling from, well, you guessed it, Chicago, Illinois, wishing you a happy 20th anniversary to the Clone Saga Chronos. Keep it real, Love Slinger. All right, buddy. Clone psychic rhinos. Yeah, that's that's how it that's how it translated on the on the voice. You know what's funny? I, I I've been reading these along with the with the with the voice messages. I actually heard clone psychic rhinos when you said that. <laughs> no, he said clone saga chronicles. But uh, I know, I know. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's all for our uh, our yeah. voicemails. Hey, and hey, two two from Illinois. Your steaks out there are awesome, by the way. I've spent a weekend in Illinois once. <laughs> nice. Hmm. Really also that, okay, so uh, with I, I thought we were done, but actually we have uh, two more voicemails that were left. One I'm going to save for later, but I wanted to include this one because it was a very nice, sweet voicemail from a good friend of mine, a guy that I have known for over tw- uh, 15 years now, almost. Uh, actually, right about 15 years. Um, I've podcasted with him for a long time we've mentioned his show on the uh, on this show many a times um but uh he's a he's a good friend and and i appreciated him leaving this voicemail so ladies and gentlemen mr brad douglas zach it's brad from the spider-man crawl space.com 20 years you and i went on line 20 years ago 1998 what were we doing 20 years ago i was in college uh you were barely a fetus uh we were single uh, back then. We were Dan Slotless back then. But who knew that all these years later, both of our sites would be up and running. 20 years later, my friend, SpideyDude.com, Spidey-Dude.com, whatever it is, I'm proud of you. Happy anniversary, my friend. Thanks, Brad. I really do appreciate it. I um, this was It's been a really long and weird and strange journey, and I can't wait to celebrate with you on August the 8th. Um, I, I don't think this will be out by the time August the 8th rolls around, but, uh, uh, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Uh, me, you and JR, all three uh, started our shows and our websites. Um, our, we started our show in 09, you started the, your show in 06. And, um, so, uh, but our websites have been around all around the same time within like 90 days of each other. We all stayed, um, and started now we're still the only ones left for, uh, better or worse, we are we are it. So uh, a lot of things have changed. The landscape of comic fandom has changed, and we've been around and, and been at the forefront for a lot of it. So uh, again, so thankful for you and and for the website of SpiderManCrawlSpace.com. Without the that site, uh, I would not have met Josh, Don, Greg, and Gerard. Also Jason and Jesse also were guys that I met uh, through the crawl space. So there wouldn't be a Spidey-Dude.com without you, and um, so once again, I appreciate everything you've done. Now back to the show. Continuing on, we do have a we do have an email, and I'm going to pull that up. It, I had asked last week for um, for emails, and so I got emails. He says uh, it's from Robert Bell. He says, "Dear Clone Soccer Chronicles, I don't really email shows all that often, but I like you guys. I've been following along with the show on and off since the early days, and I've always liked you guys' chemistry. You guys had so much chemistry, you even move in together. I'm happy for you guys, but seriously." Spider-Man and the Love of the Clone Saga is what really brings us all together. So he wanted to ask us, if Ben Riley had lived, what would you want? What would we have wanted to see done with the character? Sincerely, Robert Bell. Not put on an Anubis mask. Well, <laughs> I, I think <laughs> exactly. that's a given. 
I think that's a given. But besides the obvious, I would have liked for him to be at least a supporting character. Uh, maybe not necessarily the Scarlet Spider, except for like rare occasions. I would have liked for him to be just, you know, like the roles reverse of how it was. But you know, based on where things were, he would have ended up dating Betty, and Betty would have made his life miserable. Shash is not here. Someone needed to say it. <laughs> you know, honestly, though, to give a serious answer to this question, I don't know that I would have liked to see Ben Riley operate in New York because that would be somewhat redundant. I would have liked to see him travel the country. Kind of, do do like basically what a version of the Hulk TV show where he's traveling around on his motorcycle, you know, possibly with uh, basically the last years when we got the depression. Yeah, exactly. Like, take uh, take uh, Elizabeth with him. Have, have them uh, Well, she's in jail, so... Well, I, you can, dude. It's it's comics. You can contrive any way you want to get her out of jail. That's true. And and just have him travel the country, you know, helping people and trying to discover more things about himself. Then he runs That's into a, Jessica Carradine in the most awkward place. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but that's the fun of it, though. You can have him rediscover that you know he, he come across places that you know it, that he had been to before that we hadn't actually seen because obviously that the whole idea of the lost years never actually ended up being done as it was proposed. You can you can kind of fold that into it too, like you know you, you get a little bit of his history visiting I don't know L.A. or something like that or. Or something like that. And he has an adventure there, and you know, etc. You can it, it, that, that's a good setup for a series in general. But I for for Ben Riley, it would have been perfect. And at some point, what we would need to do is he would need to have him confront Norman Osborn again and prove to Norman that he is not just a thing. Yeah. Yes. Also, uh, we could finally get the goddamn story behind Wild Whip. <laughs> yeah, that's that's absolutely true. I nominate Delilah to be his new arch enemy. Oh, you know I'd be down for that. Yeah, true story. Hey, Don. Hi, everybody. What's up, Yo. man? We are. Uh, we just got done doing voicemails, and uh, we just did the uh, the news. So uh, before we move uh, much further, uh, what do you think of ASM classes coming on to uh, SpideyDo.com as a coach of that um, show? Well, it's been so long since we've done it that it's, that it's an interesting kind of part of my uh, my backstory now, as opposed to like my present or future. But no, it's it's, it's cool. Uh, it, it may be people who have not um, listened to the show or are new to like uh, Spider Man. You know, from they, they like the the movies or whatever cartoons going on. They can um, kind of get into the old stuff through our like diseased perspective. So no, that's cool. Okay. That's exciting. I wish we would add Josh here, but unfortunately he had to work. So uh, thanks for coming on, Don. Um, oh, my pleasure. So um, we have not done the reviews yet, obviously. So, But Gerard, I think we're going to start with you. So let me run down what we're doing first. Uh, we're doing Daredevil 354, Spider-Man, Adjectiveless Spider-Man number 73 and 74, uh, ASM 417. That's it. That's the f- that's the four issues we're doing tonight, and we are these are the last issues before Revelations. <laughs> it's been far too long. So, like I was, so, I was actually so, thinking that like uh, um, we did ASM 400 almost ten years ago, and now we're like 17 issues later. So it's been a long time coming. <laughs> that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> I was gonna say, so Zach, if Revelations is the month after this, that means that's the next episode, right? 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 <laughs> no. I made a joke before we started recording about Spectacular Radio, how it's easier to record the interviews with Greg Wiseman and the guests than it is to get the fan panel together. (laughs) 
All right, I guess I guess I'm recapping Daredevil uh, 354 over here. Yes, sir. Now, before I even start doing this recap, let me just say it's gonna be real quick because this issue is mostly a Daredevil story. That's <laughs> just kind of it's not even a particularly eventful Daredevil story. So most of it is just exposition with what his status quo at the time was, and I'll touch on that a little bit. But of course, we're interested in the Ben Riley stuff, so. Uh, the issue was written by Carl Kiesel, has pencils by Carrie Nord and Rick Leonardi. Uh, Carrie Nord, I think, was the actual artist on the book at the time. So Rick Leonardi here is just kind of doing fill-ins. Uh, inks by Matt Ryan and colors by Christy Shield, who's a name we're pretty familiar with through the Clone Saga. Uh, we begin with uh, it's Daredevil swinging around the place, heading to his office, or not his office, his uh, apartment or whatever. And he's doing a lot of exposition about what's going on in his, in his life at this point. Basically, uh, a well-known a lawyer from Boston named Rosalind Sharp has, has offered to merge together with uh, Nelson and Murdoch, or do a takeover, if you will. It kind of depends on what frame of reference you're using here. But uh, yeah, he's thinking about doing it, and uh, Foggy is already already wants to do it for various reasons that I won't get into. I guess I can. These issues are pretty old. Uh, spoilers, Rosalind Sharp is Foggy's mom, but we don't learn that yet. Da, da, da. Uh, so yeah, uh, he get, Matt's in his apartment, uh, you know, having a drink or something, and then uh, Foggy walks in, and he's like, oh my god, it's you're in your Daredevil costume. As, of course, by this point, he knows that Matt Murdock is Daredevil. Mm-hmm. As those, as do most people, which is a recurring gag through the, the issue. Uh, they talk a bit about the offer. Uh, Liz Allen drops by, or I'm sorry, Liz Osborne drops by because uh, she had been represented a, like a few issues earlier, I suppose, by uh, Nelson and Murdoch. This is the beginning of her and Foggy kind of getting a romantic interest, but there's not a whole lot of it here. Uh, Matt heads out and he goes to meet uh, Karen Page. And they have a more talk about things that have been happening at Daredevil that I don't really care about. The interesting thing here is that she basically lies to him about having a, a like, that she's still looking for a job, and he realizes that she's covering and, and lying to him. So it must be something serious. Uh, ben Urich and Peter Parker walk, walk by, and they start talking. And, of course, they basically stop to wink at the camera for 20 seconds because they both know each other's secret identities. Uh, then Ben <laughs> Riley and Spider-Man is swinging by. And Matt leaves to go change it to Daredevil. Uh, to me, this is the best part of the issue, because all of a sudden, Ben Urich, Peter, and uh, Karen Page, who all know that Matt Murdock is Daredevil, simultaneously start making excuses for why he just left. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, yeah, he left because, uh, yeah, he's very civic-minded. Oh, he's always doing pro bono work, people in Hell's Kitchen. Uh, yeah, I heard he's got barely got time for paying jobs. <laughs> yeah, this isn't unusual. So anyway, we, we uh, cut to... Uh, uh, Daredevil catches up with Spider-Man, and they meet. And basically, rather than having the usual superhero fight, which Ben himself alludes to, they just sit down and talk. And apparently, Ben just tells him literally everything because there's a cut, and Ben's like, "Oh yeah, found out Peter was the clone. Uh, I was the real Peter Parker, even though I'm still Ben." And then the skeleton shows up. No one knows what to think anymore. So then, the meat of the issue is basically them teaming up to fight a, a really lame villain named The Shooter. No, it's not Marky Mark Wahlberg. It's it's a guy with like a, a I guess gun hands is the best way to describe it. Like discount cable, basically. Or discount bushwhacker if you're a Punisher fan. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, they fight him. It's they're they're. It's worth pointing out this is the uh, jokey, not Frank Miller Daredevil. 
So they're both bantering back and forth it's about this dark, guy. It's not dark, dark, dark Daredevil. Yeah, exactly. They they defeat him rather easily. I should say it takes a few pages, but they're basically just toying around with him. And then they they part as friends. Hey, you know, uh, it's a good thing we're, we're buddies. We'll never fight each other like those other guys did earlier. Um, yeah, their so moms anyway, have the same name. <laughs> Why did you say that name, Martha? Uh, so so anyway, we go back to. Uh, the offices of Nelson and Murdoch, where Matt walks in and he meets uh, Rosalind Sharp, who kind of looks like what Ashley Kafka used to look like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, except, well, that's not true, because Ashley Kafka was a little uh, more generously proportioned, I should say. Like, uh, this lady is just a tall, thinner, <sighs> kind of middle aged woman. That's not what I meant, Zach. I meant she was kind of uh, zaftig. I try to, to avoid using the F word. Um, so, anyway. Yeah, she. Uh, they have an an interesting exchange where she she walks behind him and he's like, you know, I I know you're still there, and she kind of whispers to him, "I'll always be there, counselor, right behind you." It was just like, oh, what the hell? So anyway, uh, yeah, she informs him that now that uh, he's a that he's a uh, junior partner in her in her firm, what has essentially become her firm of Sharp Nelson and Murdoch, that he's going to have to defend his longtime foe, Mister Hyde. To be continued in an issue we're never going to read. So yeah, not a whole lot of uh, Ben Riley actually in this issue. The reason why we covered it was because it was the only book in in, uh, Epic Book 4 we hadn't covered, and because he was making this guest appearance in Daredevil, and they acted like they knew each other and they were old friends. That's the whole reason we're doing this issue. Don, what what are your thoughts on this? I actually read this a couple of years ago, not for the podcast. I think Josh had mentioned it, and... I am a big fan of Daredevil. I got into him about, I guess, about 10 years ago when I was in college. But I've really not read much of the 90s stuff, like, at all. I really haven't. I've not read, like, the Armored Daredevil stuff. I've not read uh, this Carl Kiesel run, which I'm aware made a concerted effort to be much more lighter before Mark Wade did. Um, I don't re- I've not read the story where Foggy finds out his identity. So, like, a lot of this is, is like, in, a, in uh, no pun intended, a blind spot. Um, <laughs> I see what you did so- there. Yeah, so, so I mean, it was fun. I actually kind of appreciate, you know, sort of like a, uh, you know, just sort of like sequential chapters of ongoing heroes. So this wasn't, you know, the, a major issue, but I kind of enjoyed for what it was the sort of like you know leisurely pace of it. Um, even like when he when he and Ben are like you know taking on the shooter, like it's, it's they're not they're not as like in, in a Spider-Man comic these days. Every single villain that that's most of those villains that they fight are lame and like they treat him as like the most important person ever. Whereas here it's like, yeah, whatever, you know, I fought the Kingpin first. So, um, as a basic comic book, I kind of dug it. The art was not bad, but it wasn't a style I, uh, I guess warmed to, but it, it got the job done. The anatomy was pretty good. Um, and it was interesting kind of seeing like the, uh, the sharp storyline beginning. Cause I, I have read bits and pieces of that. So, I take it for what it was. It's, it's, it's certainly not, you know, one I would rush out to read soon, but like, um, I, I didn't dislike reading it. Greg, what are your thoughts? I actually did not read it, so I must abstain. Sorry. You're fired. <laughs> I guess that turns to me then. Yep. Um, I, I, I'm kind of with, uh, in Don's spot in that I'm only kind of passingly familiar with mid nineties Daredevil. Um, I knew about the Sharp storyline that goes, because it goes for a while. If I remember right, it goes until that Mysterio story in the early mm-hmm. 2000s, right? Um, but uh, I like that, that that at least 
since it's like a guest appearance issue, I was worried that we, I would read it and then I would have no idea what was going on. But it, there's actually a lot of exposition in here, and it's not like boring exposition. It's actually well paced and things like that. In that, it, it's very easy to understand what's actually happening with the status quo in this book. I didn't feel lost at any point about what was ha- what was going on. So that's always a positive. Uh, I like seeing Foggy and Liz together because obviously I know what's happening, what's going to happen with that. Um, <clears throat> I, 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 I think I like the artwork more than you guys did. Uh, I, I made fun to Zach earlier when I was reading this that uh, it's, it's Carrie Nord is, is in his uh, Jay Lee cover band phase. Because it's, <laughs> it's basically him like ripping off Jay Lee's artwork style. Because I've seen a lot of Carrie Nord art. It usually doesn't look like this. It, it's kind of jarring to me, actually. Um, but his style doesn't mesh with Rickley and Artie at all. I like both of them individually, but I don't think they they fit together well in the same the letters, issue. The letters mentioned that he... Is he does the Bruce Wayne Agent of Shield amalgam issue, and that I definitely recognize. Like when I read that, it's like, oh, is that is that artist? Mm. Um, <laughs> there's a line in here that I actually had to write down where uh, somebody says, "It makes me glad we have the death penalty in New York again." <laughs> uh, that didn't last long. <laughs> you know anything about New York history? Uh, the the whole bit with them all making up excuses for Matt leaving was great. Yeah, that um, that, that may be my favorite point of the issue. And I do, and I do like that Ben Riley and Matt Murdock just get along immediately. Yeah, there's like there's, any, there's no uh, like fight for no reason. I'm like so even better. Yeah, but even better than that, like you know, he's like, "All right, yeah, sit down, tell me everything." And Ben just legit just tells him everything that's happened. Like he basically gives him like the the Clone Saga recap we get at the beginning of every issue, exactly. Except it happened off panel. Like, he's like, "Oh, okay." How many times would Ben have met? And Ben's, like, you know, memories. How many times would he have teamed up with Daredevil at his point? Like, once, I guess? The Ditko issue? I think the Ditko issue and and the, uh... Well, there was, the there also... Spider-Man the, appeared in, in Daredevil with, with, with J.R. Senior. Yeah, that's... Oh, that's right, yeah, the whole, you know, when, when he when he uh, nearly blew his identity to, to fall. It's the start of the whole stupid twin brothers. Yeah, there is <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I think like, like uh, maybe, like, maybe, like, four appearances at the most. Yeah, because we're talking early '70s here, so like that was when mm-hmm. that was like right before San Francisco era Daredevil, right? So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, w- it wouldn't have been many; it would have been a small handful at least at most. It's definitely pre um, Death of Gene Wolf. Absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, de- uh, yeah. The only real big negative of this issue is that that lame villain, but that's kind of the point. So like, it's kind of hard to take that as a knock against it. Like, I think the fact that the villain was, like, lame and easy to take out was kind of the whole gag here. And it was nice to see that fun, jokey Daredevil. I, I like the Frank Miller version of Daredevil, but, I mean, you got you got to take that in small doses, you know what I mean? Uh, so, yeah, this was a... It was a, an issue. It wasn't good or bad. It was it was just like I enjoyed reading it, but it, it was more like an uneventful issue of a comic that I haven't been reading, you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, what's, let's, I know it may be hard to do this, but let's give it a grade if we can. I'm going to give it a, oh, well, I'll give it a B minus. It was very inoffensive. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd give it a C. It's an average issue. And I'd give you a recap in A, you painted a picture, even though I didn't read the issue. <laughs> <laughs> I'd give it a B minus. Like, like, like it, it's, it's a good issue for what it is, but like, it's not, you know, nothing really happens, but it's, 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 it's still fun. 
All right, next up, Spider-Man 73 and 74. Greg, we're going to do what I'm going to do, Greg, is we're going to do the recap of yours and then I'm going to launch right into mine. First of all, the cover on this thing is gorgeous. I love the use of green. But the issue opens with Peter running across some rooftops and sneaking into a building to take some pictures. Inside, we see a, ge- a general from Madripoor gathering a bunch of mobsters together to unite them against Fortunato. Remember back when Fortunato was a big deal? Yep. <laughs> yeah, that didn't uh, Farm remembers. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, look at the time. I got some... Ask, ask, larger Marvel Universe, is this back when Madame Hydra controlled Madripoor? That was going on for a while. Yes. Actually, well, wait, it was Viper controlling Madripoor. Whether or not that was the same character as Madame Hydra seems to change depending on who you ask. But you know who I'm talking about, uh, Ophelia Sarkeesian, the one that was created by, um... The one that, the, the only person that gives a shit about is you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me, me. She's an awesome villain. Okay. Oh, by the way, you you forgot to mention the blatant continuity error, but we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, of course. All right. So we have a bunch of mobsters present. So let's see. Here we have Tombstone with his poorly shaven, no, Hammerhead with his poorly shaven Fu Manchu mustache. <laughs> We've got Tombstone, L. Thompson Lincoln, the big man. Wait, no, not yet. <laughs> Gavin Thorpe. Does anyone remember this guy? Nope. Silvermane <laughs> in his Professor X chair. To me, me, my X-Men Also that panel of Silverman I I swear that's probably the one that was used In those those recap foldouts In the covers Yes, The one with Tombstone definitely is Yeah, it definitely was Cesar Cicero, who cares Well, I I actually thought it was kind of a deep cut Because I remember him from the Stan Lee run Cesar Cicero? Yeah, didn't he employ Men Mountain Marco? I believe so yeah, I was like, oh, I've never seen this guy since. So that was oh, like, oh, okay. I, I actually had to double takes. I was expecting Man Mountain Marco to be at this meeting, and then I remembered he doesn't actually become a crime boss until Spider Girl time. So he actually um, uh, just appeared recently in like uh, the second issue of Nick Spencer's run. And 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 here we have the Rose taking fashion advice from Scott Summers, letting the hair flow out from his mask. <laughs> Which also creates the continuity error Zach was talking about, because uh-huh. this, look, this looks like the Richard Fisk rules, but it's not supposed to be. So apparently oh, Gavin God. Thorpe was in the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we, we've this is massively this important. <laughs> and, and of course here is the slug, who I remember as a Captain America villain, and I also remember as a Marvel card and thinking this guy was the most ridiculous bad guy of all time. The slug. Yeah, rent blob, right? Like he's like he's like a discount blob. Yeah, discount yeah. blob. So the so the mobsters all agree that they're gonna unite against Fortunato. Later at the apartment of Ben Riley, we see Jimmy Six in a towel, brushing his teeth and drinking beer. Or maybe brushing his teeth with beer. I don't know. <laughs> ben Riley. He, he looks very swarthy in this panel. Yeah, yeah Ben woke up this morning, got myself a gun. Anyway, Ben Riley peeks into the bathroom and we see these huge boxers and good lord, I hope those black stains are actually part of the uh, fabric and not something else. <laughs> I immediately thought Fred Flintstone when I saw that. <laughs> well, I have a filthier mind than yours, so... <laughs> anyway, Jimmy hides in the closet. I'm surprised this closet can fit a guy that big. 
And um, Peter shows up and mentions the meeting, and Fortunato busts out, not Fortunato, Jimmy Six busts out and points his gun at him, demanding to know everything there is he knows about the Fortunato hit. Meanwhile, we see Fortunato waiting in a panel where he looks suspiciously like Baron Von Strucker. Mm-hmm. Am I the only one who sees that? No, because uh, I remember seeing John Romita Jr. draw Baron Von Strucker. He looks exactly like this. He's even got a wolf. Nazis loved wolves. And Fortunato gets into a limo with his wolf. He has business to attend to. Jimmy Six suits up in his plant and is planning to put a stop on the hit. None of it, and it's somebody else's business. So Ben Riley suits up as Spider-Man and takes off. And we see this huge mansion, and which is Fortunato's mansion. And I'm going to say something. Real mobsters don't live in mansions like this. They draw attention from the tax man. How do they get Al Capone? By the way, uh, I want to look at this mansion and compare it side by side to the uh, the Nachinos family mansion from the Daredevil Man Without Fear miniseries, because I bet John Romita Jr. just reused the design, because it looks exactly the same. <laughs> it's probably true. A- anyways, so Fortunato is sitting in front of the fire with his wolf and Jimmy Six busts in, points a gun at him, but he's only there to warn him that the other monsters are going to make a move against him tonight. The crime lords are going to move against me, but I will be there first, and thanks to my insidious six, I will hit them harder. Holy Sorry. crap. <laughs> Holy crap. He did make an appearance. Who did? Freaking Gavin Thorpe is actually a character that was previously established. So... <laughs> It was in uh, Exile Returns Part 4. So Ben, so ben Riley arrives at, at the Fortunato Mansion, takes out a few henchmen, and gets there in time when, we, when a bunch of mobsters invade the mansion, and we get a big fight scene here, and Tombstone busts in, dressed like a gigolo. <laughs> well, he is. Zach was disagreeing with me about this earlier. Jordan, what do you think? Was Tombstone look like a gigolo here? He does. He basically, he, for those obviously this is a visual gag. He's wearing a uh, he's wearing a vest, but he's not wearing a shirt under it. So so he's got like a straight up like you know tuxedo vest with nothing on under it. It does look it's, very uh, gigoloish. It's not even a tuxedo vest. It's black leather. Of course. Maybe he's a biker. Doom doom. Bikers don't button up their vests. Are we doing that again? We're doing the um, the <laughs> Renegade song again. Yeah, yes, yes that, that was the <laughs> it's whole been a while. Uh, I actually found like the instrumental version of that. <laughs> so, anyway, so the, the so the fight scene goes on. They fight Tombstone. They find out that Jimmy Six is the son of Fortunato. Yeah. <gasps> dun, 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 dun. Alright, so Spider-Man and Jimmy Six defeat Tombstone, but suddenly green light bursts from the ground, and we find out that Fortunato is allied with a meme from 2014. (laughs) (laughs) Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. Alright, Hail Hydra. (laughs) Rest in peace, Gary Shandling. Oh, that makes me sad. All right, moving on to Adjective of Spider-Man 74, the final time we will say that on this show. We open up with the uh, with a mechanical um, <laughs> bank robber who is thwarted by John Romita Jr. Daredevil. Not only John Romita Jr. Daredevil, John Romita Jr. Daredevil inked by Al Williamson. It's the late 80s all over again. Hell yeah. 
Anyway, uh, Bolt is the name of this uh, high-tech bank robber, and he takes advantage of the fact that there are a lot less heroes before Daredevil hits him in the chest and knocks him out. Then he ties him up to a to a light pole and says, Too bad, I was thinking about putting in a good word for the cops. He's like, wait, I can give you something I heard on the street. I'm all ears, Larry. Get it? He's got horn. Yeah, never mind. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Yuck, 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 that Murdoch look. Yep. Fortunato, <laughs> the new big man in town. I thought that was Tombstone. Anyway, so uh, moving on, we cut to uh, uh, Staten Island, where uh, Fortunato has got the crime bosses all gathered up with the Hydra goons, and then they uh, unveil Spider-Man, hooked up to a giant amount of Kirby-esque machinery. And it's that brings our title page, Last of the Heroes, brought to you by Howard Mackey and John Reeve Media Jr. Story and Art, without Williamson as the inks, as Mr. Delatour mentioned, with Richard Starling and Comic Craft lettering, uh, Kevin Tinsley the colorist, uh, Ralph Macchio as the editor, not the Karate Kid, and Bob Harass, or uh, that's how uh, Jason Hendricks likes to say, also known <laughs> as Bob Harris, in memory of Mark Grinwald, the last of Marvel's heroes. So we then cut to some uh, internal monologuing with Ben Riley. I, I keep hearing Christopher Daniel Barnes in my head as he's thinking about uh, the buddy of Jimmy Six and recapping for the reader. This is their first ever issue. And then, you know, Fortunato was like, Jimmy, don't just stand there. We have work to do. Outside, we have Daredevil in, in silhouette about to, to a pounce. When suddenly Tombstone's brought in with the... For some reason, his is like he's gagged in metal shackles, and then there's seven different um, hostages. And they took away his gigolo vest. Yeah, they they ripped the gigolo vest off. So it was too erotic; they couldn't concentrate. Well, <laughs> so then you've got uh, then they're like, there will be blood on your hands, and more importantly, if there's even a hint of disloyalty from any of yous. There will be much more innocent blood spilled. It will flood until your territories run wet with blood of the innocents. How long could you go, could this go on? How long are you hunted down like monsters and driven away? This is the price you will pay. Do you all agree? And then they went, you know, go through and they mentioned Silvermane, Gavin Thorpe in his third appearance ever. Uh, General, Fol- General Coy. Who the hell is General Coy? He's the guy from Madripoor. Okay. Hammerhead and the Rose, who suddenly puts on his hat, so that, therefore it's Richard Fisk again? I don't know. Uh, Slug. <laughs> There's a guy you haven't mentioned in a long time. So, um... By the way, was, was it intended that Fortunato was the one giving that speech? Because in that one page, the, the, the uh, or that one panel, the little speech bubble is pointing to Silvermane. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is pointing to Silvermane for no reason. Okay. In fact, Fortunato's not even in that. Pa- oh, yeah, he is in the foreground. Never mind. Okay, I gotta say, in this year, Fortunato, especially with the Hydra guys, he is a love child of Baron Von Strucker and Tony Soprano's uncle, Junior. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he's like, this is why I left. It. And so Jimmy Six is like, this is why I left in the first place. I won't do it. And then he starts pointing the gun, right? So, um,. Ben struggling to try to get the machine freed. He's like, stall him, Jimmy! Just stall him! ISO 36. Aunt May needs it. Yep. <laughs> Trying. It could be Mary Jane under one of those blind fans. Mary Jane! Or Flash! Or Betty, his girlfriend that's not really his girlfriend. Or any of his friends, which aren't his friends, they're Peter's friends. He can't give oh. up. Never give up! And then we have like a... 
this needed more floating heads. This did this did need more floating heads. So then Ben Riley just busts out like a boss and then starts firing the stingers, which I love that I love that scene where he just He's so hardcore he changed the colors of his costume. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and then all of a sudden Daredevil shows up and he's like, uh, excuse me, gentlemen, I was wondering if I could direct my old pal to Spider Man. Whoops, there he is now. Like this is the Daredevil I like. Um then uh Ben frees the hostages and then puts up a giant amount of webbing against the Hill Hydra people because they're massively effective. After uh, having a uh, subscribe today, it makes spider sense uh, page. We then flip to uh, Daredevil, a big two-page splash with Daredevil and Spider-Man knocking out some Hydra goons and kicking some some booty. And um, then we leap to the next page to where uh, they start, like, tearing apart the fence and all of a sudden... (laughs) Like these explosions from hell rain down, and we look up and it's a it's a hydra helicopter. And Jimmy Six apparently was did two tours of of duty, so he can uh, he can fly <laughs> fly a helicopter. Then he commits com- a complete mass murder. Here's a an indisputable fact that should have been mentioned in this episode and wasn't. No one mentioned get to the Jabba. Meanwhile, Tombstone's like running away, like like I mean. <laughs> Nobody could. That's like from the night. That's like explosions from the '90s show that would be like the stock footage, if you remember. You know how every time they, <laughs> uh-huh. it was always it was always the freaking. Dun, 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 uh, dun, 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 dun. I'm providing the soundtrack. Yeah, exactly. Yep, and we need that shot of Spider-Man flipping around on the boxes. Exactly. Yeah, it's 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 the uh, explosion at Oscorp all over again. So then Spider-Man's like, I'm not going to let this guy die. So then he literally grabs freaking Tombstone and lifts him up before his before his web line snaps. Oh, no's. But then here comes Daredevil. So uh, Ben's like, much obliged, Mr. Devil. Don't mention it, Mr. Spider. And then here comes Daredevil, the man without fear. Yeah, exactly. He goes, he's like, I really wasn't looking forward to being the sole hero in town. Misery does love, comp- love company. Wah, wah, wah. But here's the best line of the entire issue. So I've heard, but I got a feeling things are going to get easier from now on. No, really. <laughs> Next issue, he's, f- he's dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Next issue, the return of the one true Spider-Man. Like that's literally the, the last, like the, the back page of the issue. I know. Spoilers. No kidding. <laughs> it gives away, it gives away the entire story. All right. So uh, let's go around. Let's go around uh, the group. Mr. Delatour, we'll start with you first. Oh man, I like I love these two issues. This this is um this is for me. This is peak Jr. Jr. Like artwork wise, him with Al Williamson, yep. drawing big dudes and explosions and punching. This is this is the kind of shit I want to see. Um, I love Ben Riley and Jimmy Six together because they're the they like the odd couple. It's kind of like you music. and me, buddy. <laughs> so which one is Jimmy Six and which one's Ben Riley? I claim Ben Riley. No gaps. <laughs> uh, are you guys in the same room right now? Uh, no, no, we're, we're in different rooms. We're we're, we're okay. in adjacent rooms. <laughs> you really are the odd couple. Yeah, I'm neat. He has the laundry everywhere. It's bad. I I do like that. Like the first issue, especially, there's like a good buildup of like tension, suspense, and all that stuff. Like it actually builds pretty well. And uh, Mackie, even with his melodramatic narration, adds to it. Um, the I mentioned before, Spidey and Jimmy have great chemistry. So do uh, Spidey and Daredevil. 
Like, just thank God it's this version of Daredevil. Because can you imagine the Frank Miller Daredevil? Like, in right, story? right, murder, murder. <laughs> we shouldn't save those people. Half of them probably are whores. They're not innocent. It's like Batman. It's like, They're not innocent. Swear to I me. Swing, I swing through the air, and I take out a Nazi. Are Nazis really as bad as I am told? I don't know. <laughs> I just need to connect my jump my fists to their jaws. Don't do yes, that, my you f- fart. My favorite issues of Daredevil, as I'm saying. <laughs> I'm laughing because I actually just got on eBay the Born Again trade. <laughs> oh, man. It was like the, it was like the re- precise opposite of this version of Daredevil. Oh, anyway, uh, the, the only real negative I have to this issue is that it has one of those classic uh, rushed as hell Howard Mackey endings. But it's his like. But I mean, come on! Like Fortunato just flat out just disappears. Like <laughs> he got destroyed in a hail of like explosions. He like got a he had a Moab uh, dropped on his. Uh, uh, Zach, Zach, spoilers! He makes at least like a half dozen appearances. After Shh. This. <laughs> he's, he's, he's fine. Yeah, like <laughs> he, he used his time fine. dilation accelerator to get out of, out of the building. In fact, as far as I know, no one died in that explosion because I'm pretty sure all of those bosses appear again. Yes, well, exactly. except maybe for Gavin. Except maybe Gavin Thorpe or whatever the hell his name yeah, is. Yeah, like, and here's the th- here's the best thing about Gavin Thorpe. Sorry, I was reaching. I was reaching for the. That so he's in epic book number one. For those that are wondering, and like, there's this whole subplot that Tom that Howard Mackey starts and never finishes. <laughs> I Gosh, kid really? you not. Like, there's a whole page where like Gavin Thorpe cracks his breaks his brother's freaking neck, and like, so when are we gonna hunt? Put the hunt out on Spider Man. And then, like, they have it. He's even a floating head of guilt. The end of the (laughs) issue. Like, what the hell, Howard? (laughs) Howard Mackey dropping plots? I'd never. Howard Howard wasn't a continuity guy, as Glenn Greenwald would say many times. Yes. (laughs) Oh, actually, I lied. I actually have two negatives. The other one is the the little goof with the, the rose. Because, uh, spoilers, I guess, for after the Clone Saga, it's supposed to be Jacob Conover. And he looks like him in issue 74 because he's got like the felt hat and stuff. But in issue 73, he has uh, he looks like Richard Fisk. Yeah, for no. He's wearing a piece. He's wearing a piece. (laughs) They have that figured out by this point, or like, or like, were they making it up as it went along? It's part. It's part of the disguise. He's wearing a wig. I'm gonna guess they were making it up as it went along because I because. Zach, correct me if I'm wrong. The blood rose hasn't been introduced yet, right? No, the blood rose. No, the blood rose was introduced during, in Web during the, uh, the Terry Kavanaugh run. Did Aiden Barbara Gordon used to not be a redhead? That's true. That really depends on the, on the which version. In the comics, she was always redhead. So it's one of those things where I think that Mackie assumed it was it was actually going to be um, Richard Fisk, but it actually wasn't because it was Tom DeFalco's idea. So. Right, because later on, you know, the whole bit with the black tarantula, blood rose, and rose, you find out who's who. And the blood rose is Richard Fisk, but the regular rose is Jacob Conover. And that's who that's supposed to be in in these two issues. And it kind of goes back and forth on who it's supposed to be. But anyway, this is a really good story. I don't know about you guys, but I love this one. So I'm giving it an A. All right. uh, Donovan, your thoughts? No, I I like this area. I... I, uh forgotten this era this just just like the, the john Romita jr propensity to just draw fat gangsters and stuff and 
what he ex- what he what he carries over from his father is just how distinctive everyone looks. So, yeah, they already have previously established character designs, but you know, you look at Silvermaid and Cicero and uh, Tombstone and Hammerhead. Like, like I, I love how you know he has recognizable style, but you know he doesn't have like the same face syndrome. So that's really cool. And I agree with Gerard. I love like the proportions of uh, Jimmy Six and stuff and how kind of slovenly he looks. Um, I actually really love the scene between Peter and Ben and Jimmy Six and like. They start talking about you know Spider-Man business, but he's like you know no, this kid stay. What, you know tell me all about it. Like that's 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 kind of that was kind of an interesting dilemma. Um, and this they, they kind of introduce or they, they they bring up something that, that carries over in ASM about how I guess Ben feels a certain a certain type of way about how Peter takes a certain adventures. He's like I'm, I'm more in the webs now, um, which I think by this point. They, neither would have a problem with, but like it's interesting to kind of see. And in that case, I say, you know, go be a daddy, and no Peter's going to be in his feelings about that in the next issue. But never mind. Um, but uh, I kind of wish that like the gangsters had been a lot more involved. Like we would have seen more. Like I mean, it was all enough of, of Tombstone, but like I don't know, like like Cicero or Silvermane or whatever. I wish we, we could have seen their personalities really clash. And it was really kind of the Fortunato show, which is fine. But it was just just kind of you know something that I would have liked to have seen. Um, you know, we see where Daredevil was brought into this. I love a lot of the full page splashes in the uh, in seventy four, like the reveal of Spider Man. That's, that's a really cool, uh, just sort of like you know, I guess um, perspective that Ramita has on that. Uh, it, this is a this is a great couple of issues artwork wise. It really is Ramita. And again, I, I remember as a kid, I, I did not like the style. I thought it was blocky. I thought it was ugly. I thought it was too gritty. But like, it's just really appealing now. Um, I don't I don't know how that changes, uh, but like it just does. Um, I don't know if I have too much to say, but I, I, I like I like just how straightforward of a comic story this was. So I would give it. Um, I'm vastly between A minus and a B plus. Uh, I'll give it, I'll give, it, I'll, give it, I'll give it a B plus. Okay. Um, Greg, your thoughts? I'm going to give this a solid A. I had a lot of fun reading this. I had a lot of fun reading both parts. The art is fantastic. Everything that Donovan and Gerard have both said is great. It's completely on the money. I mean, John Romita Jr. and the anchor here, when he's part of the great anchor, he's 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 unstoppable. I mean, it looks like film noir. It looks terrific. I, I mm-hmm. agree. I completely agree. I think this is one of the best issues, um, best double issues that, that Mackie did in this run. This was, I, I remember getting this, I literally, and if, if Gerard can attest to this, I literally still have the books and there's no covers to them. I read them till the covers fall off, fell off. I uh-huh. loved um, Ramita Jr.'s artwork and uh, these, these are, the, I mean, this is where I actually got to where I became a fan of Daredevil. I love this version of Daredevil. It really reminds me of the Daredevil we saw in the 90s cartoon too. Yeah, kind of sure. it kind of does. I can see that and I would have liked to have seen more of the gangsters as well. I mean, I felt like we were, getting, we were pitched a gangster story, and then we were given a Hydra story instead. And I, and I do want to know why. I get that Fortunato wants to defend himself from all the mobsters rising up against him, but um, I guess this is just me getting a little bit historical for a moment. The mafia, which Fortunato is an old school mafioso, fought against Nazis. I mean, in Italy and here. So, I mean, I, I guess I'll just chalk it up to, okay, they're all going to try to come in and kill me. I'm going to make my alliances where I can find them. But, and he still looks like Baron Von Strucker, especially surrounded by these Hydra agents. Well, actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, doesn't he mention in these issues that he's not Italian? I thought he was being sarcastic there. 
Let me go back to that scene. I'm going to pull it up. I, I know exactly which bit you're talking about. Let me let me take a look. I could I couldn't tell if he was making a reference to the old Italian versus Sicilian distinction, or if he was actually specifically saying that he's not either. Which would imply that perhaps there's something deeper to this. I just don't remember the answer okay, okay. later all that much. Okay, here it is. Jimmy Six like kill him. I didn't come here to kill him. And Fortune was like, and I am not Italian. He was being sarcastic there. Well, no, no, because earlier uh, Spider-Man says something like, you know, something, something Italian stereotype. That's a, that I'm not Italian is actually a reference to that line. But yeah, I don't know that. Oh, there you go. There it is. Yeah, yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right. I guess I, I was, I was reading his response to Jimmy Six and not Spidey. Yeah, because I think he's being literal there. Like he is, actually isn't an Italian, but I don't know how much we're supposed to read into that. Okay, there you go. Then, he, then he's a clone of Baron von Strucker. <laughs> I, I don't know, Zach. Maybe we'll have to figure out some way that we all read those uh, ASM issues that clear up all this Fortunato stuff. And yeah. once again, Matt. And once again, Matt's report is also run by one of Hydra's leaders. <laughs> <laughs> the one that only Greg gives a flip about. No, if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're a mid-90s X-Men fan, you probably care. And she's one of the most popular Captain America villains of all time. She's always coming back to plague him. Yeah, she was a Jim Steranko creation. Have you ever read that original story with Madame Hydra fighting Captain America and Jim, Jim Steranko? It's really good. You mean the you mean the three parter four parter? <laughs> yes, that one. It has that one issue in between where you needed extra time. So yeah, Kirby do it. Is yeah, that one where she goes into like a, a a jacuzzi with with the uh, red skull. No, that was in the nineties. Steranko didn't do that. <laughs> I know exactly which which uh, three parter you're talking about. Yeah, that's actually a really great story. Yeah, she nearly kills all the Avengers. <laughs> And I was go- I was double checking to make sure there was any there wasn't if there was anything that Glenn Greenberg had, yeah. to, had to say about these issues before, yeah, before and, I gave my thoughts. Yeah. But and Rick jo- yeah, and Rick Jones is trying to be the new Bucky at the time. Yep. <laughs> uh, remember Rick Jones? No, he's irrelevant. Remember Rick Jones? <laughs> all right, all right. So uh, my thoughts on on these two issues, I give them an A. Uh, a minus. I really love these issues. The artwork, as you guys have said, was absolutely exceptional. I thought that the story, outside of the, like the rushed ending, which is just standard for Mackie, and I'm just so used to it by now, um, I thought the story was pretty well paced. Um, and if, even though there were two parts of one story, it felt like they were two distinct issues. It wasn't like immediately leading in. But having that interlude with Daredevil to set him up and the, and the rest of the story was kind of nice. Um, really enjoyed both covers. I love this cover with Daredevil and Jimmy Six. and, and, and um, Yeah, I've always remembered that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that may be my favorite John Romita Jr. Spider-Man pose on a cover. Um, I just, I love Oh bo- boy, Zach, you better be careful. Cause there's a lot of good ones. I'm talking about Ben Riley Spider-Man. Oh, well, in that case, yeah, probably. So, love, 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 love this book. So, um, yeah, again, A-. I, I, I love Daredevil. I love the banter. I love um, I love Jimmy Six and, and his thing. I, I, I was double-checking uh, Life of Riley at lifeofrileyarchives.blogspot.com just to make sure there wasn't anything like specifically behind the scenes that were said about these issues, and there wasn't. So we'll move on. To uh, Secrets and Donovan, you have the recap. Traveler and Scryer, everything you know is wrong. Again? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. 
wait, 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 wait. Hold up there. I know that Traveler and Scryer suck. Are they tell is this issue gonna tell me that they're actually cool? <laughs> I don't think this is I don't think this issue's for you. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you know is a lie. Stan Lee presents the amazing Spider-Man and Secrets DeFalco writer, Garney Penciler, Williamson Inker. In memory of Mark Grunewald, he knew all the secrets. So we begin with uh, an obnoxious image of Judas Travers uh, <laughs> saying, beware, as he's, just, as he's like, you know, for some uh, reason, and a rather Judas, kink- Judas Traveler and, and Don Fortunato sound the same. Beware! Pretty much, yeah. He, he's like, you know... Like like Steve Dicko imagery meets cake. He's like just trapped all these all these chains and and he's saying my favorite word. We both been betrayed by Spider Man, manipulated and played for fools. Whatever. Um, so Peter has a, has a, he, he wakes up from a nightmare in the same way he did in the Spider Man Batman crossover, which would have just happened. And um, uh, Mary says, "Well, I'm not. You know, he didn't wake me up. And the baby's been kicking. So we have more foreshadowing of that, which would happen any issue now." Meanwhile, characters no one cares about are fighting, um, <laughs> as is part of the course for this era. Um, thankfully, they are saying each other's names. You know, you should have known Boone and I would have tracked you down. Game over, Chakra. It was a host that betrayed me, Medea. You turn against the travel, whatever. Um, while they're being uh, watched by Mister Knocked in the shadows. Uh, meanwhile, characters, the shadows. characters we do care about. Sorry, in the shadows. As, remember yeah. that mean standing Everybody. in the uh, shadows. Yeah, just just watching, you know, taking notes, not <laughs> just like the entire <laughs> saga is all about that. Uh, so meanwhile, characters we actually do care about: Peter Parker and Ben Riley are at the Daily Grind. Peter is interrupting his job, and uh, they're. I think um, my copy of the issue, the the board balloons are kind of you know have a sort of a gray color to the font, so I guess they're kind of talking lower. They're whispering. Um, well, I might just make a copy though. So, like, you know, he says, You were dreaming about Judas Traveler? I dream about Jenny McCarthy. You're about as funny as a busted webline, Mr. Riley. So they continue the Stanley dialogue um, until. By the uh, way, is it me or does Peter look like a disapproving dad in that panel? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he looks, he looks like he's about to shout at Alvin. <laughs> now, now, Ben, that's not a proper way to pour a coffee. Alvin! He looks like Kurt Cameron in that panel. He does. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you how Christmas was created. Um, <laughs> it's all about the swaddling. Uh, Peter, actually, I actually was about to pass over this, but Peter uh, says that Anna's moving in with them to help with a baby, and she'll be the godmother, and he wants Ben to be the godfather, uh, which... Uh, you know, startles Ben so much that, he, that his spider reflexes are off. <laughs> Just in, uh, Jimmy Six should be the Godfather. Oh, I was waiting for that joke. Just <laughs> <laughs> in um, uh, Peter's uh, sliding time scale cell phone, but you know, for the issue, beeper goes off, <laughs> and he's uh, contacted by Rob- Joe Robertson. He says that. Um, uh, John Jameson is trying to contact Peter because he knows that Peter ha- has it in with Spider-Man. Uh, we cut to a scene of Gaunt and Mr. Knott and a mysterious character, uh, this is this describer, talking about uh, meetings and Chakra and Traveler and how they have plans for his body. Uh, as we see Tra- Traveler in this sort of underwater coffin, um, why don't they just kill him? Uh, I don't know. Um, 
<laughs> Spider-Man and, and Peter Parker were swinging, and, and Peter's thinking to himself, you know, I I really love what I was thinking, and I kind of miss it now that my clone is Spider-Man, even though I'm the clone, but whatever. Uh, so they show up to Ravencroft where they meet John Jameson, and he says, you know, I, I – I call for you, Spider-Man, and for some reason Peter Parker is here, uh, because a woman who calls herself Chakra says she needs your help. Peter's like, don't worry, we'll help you, but but Ben's like – or Spider-Man <clears throat> is saying, we, you know, you're about to be a father. You, you, you can't come with me. So like uh, they, he, he you know, skips to his loo away. Peter's like, I've been ditched. Ben ditched me. I've never been, I've never, I've never been sadder in my life. Um, and when I, even after he meets Mary Jane and Aunt Anna, he kind of says, I – you know, I'll, 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 you know, get out of your hair. And he just, he just kind of wants to be in on the action. So Peter, not, not only is he Anna, who doesn't look anything like Aunt Anna at all. And she's not berating him for being the worst human being in the world. <laughs> yeah, because she's not the animated version of the cartoon. I was going to say, she's going to hire the Punisher to follow him. <laughs> <laughs> Battle I band. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, that's a good, yeah, she does look like, Aunt May with glasses, as opposed to like the like, more portly on Yeah. Um. So, uh, Spider-Man and Chakra show up at a game. If I'm reading the backwards letters correctly, JR is game. In fact. <laughs> oh, a game. Um. And uh, she's telling Spider-Man that you know, uh, Traveler's bullshit powers. You know, they were all bullshit. There was kind of mind manipulation. Um. Not, you know, he, he doesn't have the, the, the power cosmic or anything. He's just kind of, you know, he has sort of like, you know, mental powers. And I think they all but say that he's just a mutant in this issue. Yeah, it is a latent mutant skills. Um, but just then, uh, two no-name characters that we saw in this issue, Boone and Medea, attack them. Um, Who's not a giant black woman dressed in drag. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it was only a matter of time. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Somebody had to reference it. Come on. Uh, so, so they're they're not fighting Tyler Perry. They're, they're fighting two no name characters. Who I, I imagine this is their last appearance because why would why wouldn't it be? Um, interspersed with this fight scene, we see Scryer meet with the Rose, one of the Roses. I mean, I know there's there's multiple identities. I'm I'm imagining this is Wilson or Richard Fisk, but I guess it could be Jacob Conover. <coughs> yes, no, maybe it's, so. it's, it's Jake Conover. Okie dokie. Uh, he's here with his uh, his psychic uh, Delilah. And um, he says, "You know what? You suck, Scryer, because I I I, I looked up Wikipedia about you, and you know, <laughs> you lied to me, you betrayed me. Scryer isn't just one person; it's the name of your entire organization." Just as Spider-Man turns around, and there's a whole convention of Scryer cosplayers on the attack. <laughs> nice. <laughs> How did they all sneak up on him? That's a damn good question. Anyway, Norman Osborn. <laughs> uh. So, so I'll, I'll just read. I'll just read. Uh, he's like, the Scryer is a secret cabal which has said to have been inspired by some ancient mystical being, who was also the model for your listening contemporary attire. Your cult was headed for extinction until six or seven years ago, when you fell under the shadow of an unknown mastermind who dreamed of becoming the European counterpart to our kingpin of crime. Which I'm sure he feels particularly personal about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, uh, your angel budget exceeds. Mobbery for most small nations. All this is happening as we're seeing uh, Ben exposition, exposition. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's interesting. He talks about weaponry when we see, like you know, Ben just just get like you know executed by the scryers, all shot at the same time. Those are but, totally green goblin blasts. <laughs> uh, that's, that's true. It could be. Um, but just then, Spider-Man is saved by Spider-Man. 
Um, in a coat and some slacks. <laughs> yeah, it, it's yeah, it's like discount, you know, um, alternate costume from the Dreamcast slash PlayStation version of Spider-Man. That's not really. Uh, I guess he's feeling cold. Um, and Peter, he has his powers back, right? Because yeah, I, yeah. I, I wasn't here for the whole. He lost his powers, or I wasn't here for the whole dying multi-part story. So I guess he has his powers back. Um, so he says, family, we should never dish each other. I don't know what Chakra thinks about hearing this, but you know, she, she senses her boo. Uh, Judas, he's swimming in the pool. We have to save him. Um, so Peter saves him. Peter just goes in there and like, uh, uh, releases him from, from the underwater coffin. Uh, meanwhile, Scryer says, yeah, okay, well, you may have uh, Googled me, but I can Google you. My research tells me that you were a man of many names. Richard Fisk, the schema, the blood rose. And Rose is like, yeah, yeah, they're all former identities of the same man. But I am not Richard Fisk, and you can't prove otherwise. And Delilah's like, yeah. So um, uh, back at the fight, Traveler wakes up and says, Enough! This madness must cease! I have been betrayed! Misused! Manipulated! I will have fit! He's never been so ma- angry, you guys. So uh, uh, <laughs> a wacky dick stuff happens, and the Scryers disappear. And um, Peter's over on the and says, later on, Ben and I are going to, are going to job about this over a latte. So it's going to be a wacky time. But for now, I am seeing the powers of a god, and I am in awe. Um, so while Judas doesn't have too many, more, too many more powers after that, Chakra can fly and disappear. So they kind of, you know, vroom, vroom, vroom away. Um, and she says, um, beware, Spider-Man. Beware! The Batman behind Squire, the monster who pulled my strings, has also orchestrated against you. You must be what Fuck off. <laughs> and uh, off he does because he never appears again. Oh, thank God! I'm happy. Yeah. Die. Since these two are mutants, I hope Scarlet Witch killed them during House of M. <laughs> That's my headcanon, though. So uh, Ben was like, you know, the hell was that about? And Peter's like, I don't know. But my gut tells me that we have a major heartache on the horizon. And then Ben says, Don't worry, I'm feeling like everything's gonna be just fine. Next issue, Peter Parker's <laughs> right <laughs> But, but but that's but that's that, but that's not uh bef- that's before the the final scene where uh Nock is annoyed that you know the thing with Traveler and Chakra they escaped and Scryer's like don't worry boss next time I'll make sure you know the Brotherhood of Scryer uh, will rise again and Nock is like yeah maybe they will but you will not as I've often told you Iron Employer has zero tolerance for failure as he does a you know a uh, not forced chokehold and I, I presumably kills the guy so uh next month at long last. God's mysterious employer is revealed as Peter and Mary Jane face their greatest crisis. Dun, dun, dun. That's the issue. I remember there's a there's a scene of Gaunt like uh, knocking out Ben Riley Spider Man that was done by Bagley. Is Bagley off the book now or not? No, it was yes. Steve Sorrows. No! Alright. No 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 no. So. That was that was um yeah, where he was like holding like holding up by the by the like, like Spider-Man had smoke coming from his from his face. Yeah, that that was that was like one of Bagley's last issues. That was during Blood Brothers. That, that was the sixth part of Blood Brothers, in fact. Blasted. Yeah. So next issue, it's the penultimate chapter of quote unquote Revelations, the story that brings the entire Cone Saga to an unforgettable conclusion. Gaunt stands revealed, and now he's a walking arsenal. Can he, even the combined efforts of Ben and Peter stop his venge- this mission of vengeance? Meanwhile, Mary Jane is going into painful labor without Peter by her side and undergoes the watchful eye of the mysterious mastermind behind Gaunt. It all comes together, complete with a last panel that will have all of fandom gasping. All this 
and the spectacular debut of our new art team, Steve Scarose and Bud De La, uh, La Rosa. <laughs> you must not miss this issue! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! To be fair, they didn't overhype that one. That one was uh, significant. Yes. I, I just had to read the next issue blurb on that one. That was. That was. I wonder who's going to be in that last panel they talked about. <gasps> I don't know. I don't know. All right. It's Ben Riley. He's behind everything. So. <laughs> so can I can I do a a, a good old fashioned? I think Dwayne that guy Johnson. That used, I, I, I think it's that guy that used to be married to Madonna. Yeah. What? <laughs> that was a terrible. That was a terrible joke, Greg. All right. Anyway, um, so I'm going to do a Dwayne the Johnson. Finally, the end of Judas Traveler. <laughs> yes. Can you smoke? I don't know. I, I don't know who Dwayne the Johnson is supposed to be. <laughs> Dwayne the Johnson Rock. <laughs> Rock the, the the Dwayne Johnson. Um, anyway, and, I, and by the way, that bad joke I made, which was bad, it was a Willem Dafoe reference. Yeah, I, I know, yeah, I know. Yeah, we knew, we knew what it was. It was just a bad joke. Anyway, I, 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 I don't even think I heard it, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, to Don, you, my friend, are first. Um, you know, when I first read this issue, I was, I was like, I don't think I know what the hell is going on. <laughs> um. And I know that a lot of it is like secrets and lies and, you know, manipulations and all this kind of stuff. I mean, this very much – the art style has been shifting in the Ben Riley Spider-Man era. So it doesn't necessarily look like a Clone Saga era book, but it reads like one. <laughs> and maybe that's because of the Traveler. Maybe it's because of the bad exposition, like the whole, you know, uh, you're going to die for betraying the host. It was it was the host who did betraying. I don't know. I was like, I was like I really groaned <laughs> when like the chakra scenes happened because it's like there's uh, – I feel the writing has been generally better, and, and it's like we're, we're kind of back to like you know comic book speak, uh, and I know it's a comic, book, but I don't know it, it, was, it was like, um, I don't know what else like that, but uh, you know Peter and Ben is always great. Uh, I like the fight scene actually. I kind of like Spider-Man getting overwhelmed with how he did. Uh, I, I was surprised when, when Peter showed up. That was kind of cool, um, and it it, it, it was. This, this issue has some, some, some good stuff and bad stuff. I, I, I don't like anything to do with The Traveler. And I feel that, like, we kind of exaggerate throughout this podcast, the history of this podcast, just, you know, oh, he's one of the worst characters ever. But, like, he re- – I mean, I mean he really is kind of annoying. Um, <laughs> like, like, I mean, because he's always, like, he's always like, screaming and he's always, like, you know, being very histrionic and, like, you know – I, I mean, when you say this is last parents, I was, I was like, we've said that before with other characters, and I said, oh, no, they have 24 more characters. So, like, so like I really want this to be true because, like, fuck this guy. I'm, I'm swearing. <laughs> literally, I apologize. Literally, but, but, uh, I'll be I, honest. I, I went and looked it up just to make sure, and this is literally his last appearance ever. This yeah, character is so bad, Dan Slott wouldn't bring him back. He, he appears in a couple of flashbacks. Like, he appears in the first issue of that uh, Scarlet Spider series in a flashback. That kind of thing. <laughs> But but yeah but yeah he's never actually appeared again after this. I hope I hope she flies him to his son accidentally. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> because I, I he, it's like quit yelling you know like, like keep your voice down and it's just like you know I remember the issue where he took Scarlet Spider I, I think it was actually Peter in Scarlet Spider's costume and like you know took him to the future and like you know this is all your fault or some shit yeah. and it's just like yeah. I, 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 I 
you know, I put up with Kane and the Jackal and all those guys because they're kind of cool. But like, the, he was he's a he's a very pretentious character. I think I think is what I'm feeling. Um, the only even one that cared is, about him was Demetrius. Period. Demetrius knew better than that. Um, did he? Yeah. know? Did he? Because he curated okay. the character. I mean, come on. <laughs> So I mean I'm not going to like you know grade this issue badly because he's in it because that's 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 cheap but like I when I was reading it, I, was, I was like oh my god man it's been too long since I read this guy and I forgot just uh, how much I yelled about him but like uh, <laughs> Peter Ben stuff is good and um, I actually kind of like you know the Rose stuff I, I like the Rose having meetings and you know saying I know this about you I, th- I think he's a cool character okay. uh, so I would give this. Uh, art-wise, you know, I I actually don't love it, to be honest. It's not Me bad either. artwork. I, I think the colors are kind of too light, a little too pastel, except for, like, you know, the opening scene with Peter waking up. Um, I don't know. They're kind of they're like um, weak-looking colors to me. And the inking kind of makes it the, the illustration doesn't look too complete. So I wasn't, I wasn't crazy. This is probably the, the, my least favorite artwork of the of the four issues so I'll, I'll give this issue a c plus it's not a bad issue but i actually had more cons than this in any of the other issues all right uh greg this issue is weird in some ways i look at this and i think this is what a lot of people why a lot of people out there don't like comics everything you know is wrong retcon upon retcon upon retcon nothing matters i mean like i said i mean i'm glad this is traveler's last, last appearance he's a terrible character and i wasn't here for his actual original appearances before this i kind of wish that i was i would have been ranting and raving <laughs> what's but, your grade I mean, on the issue uh, I, i'll give it a c i mean it does what it has to do it clears the deck yeah gerard I mean, it, oh go ahead greg and the, and the art is just... I don't like the art in, in this issue at all. Yeah. I mean, the rose is cool, though, but... All right, Gerard, before you go, uh, that, that bit where he's like, Enough! This madness must cease! Did you or did you not hear Matt Hardy, broken Matt Hardy, in your head? <laughs> Delete! Delete! Yeah, I did. I, I did. I did. We couldn't go that, an entire that, podcast without some sort of wrestling reference, sorry. But it, it, then again, like, every time, the, uh, was it the rose is... Or, they're like, oh, you betrayed, you lied, you betrayed me. You were actually a whole bunch. I kept hearing Tommy Wiseau, everyone betray me. <laughs> I fed up with this world. When he I shouted this, ma- this world, when he shouted this madness must cease, I heard Cyclonus from the original G Transformers G One cartoon. He actually <laughs> shouted exactly that and went up to that. Watched it a couple days ago, so. That's pretty good. Uh, all right, I just gotta like, but the first line I wrote in my notes for this issue was, "For fuck's sake, it's a Judas Traveler story." Because <laughs> <laughs> like, pretty much because it, it has everything. It has a bunch of BS that doesn't make sense. I, I love Chakra's explanation of how Traveler was able to do all that all that crap in the previous issues because it, it's just all, like a hand wave. Like ah, it was a combination of uh, psionics and uh, technology. Yeah, that's it. And you're just like, wait a minute. And if you go back, I bet that doesn't actually work as an explanation. So he was able to do that to mind wipe Cletus Cassidy of knowing Spider-Man's identity? Okay. <laughs> exactly. It's like what? He was able to mind control, like, dozens of villains or have that whole trial. But, like, what? what? But anyway, uh, there, it is funny, though, that that whole Peter and Ben conversation where, you know, where Peter turns into Kirk Cameron, what they're having in the coffee shop. Like, <laughs> I, I, I love that their dialogue is basically just openly mocking how shitty of a character Judas Traveler is. <laughs> At that point, <laughs> like, like, Tom DeFalco is using them as a mouthpiece for the reader. 
he should have had Garney just draw him, just draw DeFalco into the background, just nodding his head like, yeah, yeah that sounds about right. Um, yeah, Aunt Anna shows up, but she's just an Aunt May clone at this point. <laughs> I mean, she is, she is, no, no, but like, she is there solely to fill the Aunt May role after the clone saga. Yep. That's pretty much the only reason she's so like, at this point, she is just an XP of Aunt May. Yeah, and, and I love how Ben Riley mentions that he prefers to dream about Jenny McCarthy. Oh, Ben, you've dated this comic, and she's crazier than Jessica. Stop it. Exactly. <laughs> now, in in 2018, that joke doesn't work as well as it would have in 1996 or eight or whatever year this is supposed to be. Um, yeah, uh, this issue exists solely for exposition to tie up loose ends, but it doesn't even do that well, so it kind of just fails as a story. I was going to give this a D minus, but then Delilah shows up, so of course I have to immediately bump it up a letter grade because Delilah is the bestest. Uh, <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to get a horrible grade. Um, <laughs> I, but I, uh, in fairness, I do like that whole thing with the rose because, like, I know DeFalco is going to go interesting places with it later. In yeah. Amazing. So I do, I do like that, and that is the like Don said, that is the best part of the story. Everything Judas Traveler is in is terrible, but I do like all the rose stuff. And uh, again. The, the, my 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 bay is in this issue, so I'm gonna give this one a D plus. That sounds about right. yeah. I'll give this one a D plus. So uh, before two things before I get into like my my detailed stuff. One, I wanted to go through. I, I'm going through all because I have the original issues out right. So we have. I wanted to go through the ads for all three of these issues that we've just covered. The first ad is is called Heart of Darkness Gummy Sabers, like. Uh, to receive your free Heart of Darkness PC CD-ROM sampler, send two proofs of purchase UPCs from any size Gummy Sabers package. The completed gummy, official Gummy Sabers Heart of Darkness sampler offer form. Like, what the hell is this? Next up. You're the one with the, you're the, one with the ad. You tell me. <laughs> Next up, an ad for Dave's Comics. Missed an issue? Don't travel miles to see what you need. We will send you comics right to your house. What you really want is comics that are really worth. Send $1 for a complete catalog today. Most orders proceed w- processed in one day. And then visit the world-famous Mile High Comics Mega Stores, the largest comic stores in the country, at Thornton, Colorado, and Anaheim, California. And then, like, we have a PlayStation ad for Bogey Dead 6. Don't remember that game. What? Yeah. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> I do remember that. Oh, this is even this is even better. The uh, the Nabisco uh, win an awesome computer sweepstakes. You can win an Acer Aspire CD-ROM with ten proofs of purchases. It's in the Nespo Things computer craze sweepstakes. Uh, <laughs> I bet it had a whole a whole whopping two hundred and fifty six megs of RAM. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then here's and, 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 and a super fast three and a half inch floppy drive. Yeah, an asteroid what? from the fourth planet from the sun came hurtling to Earth, spewing fiery flames and rancid toxic fumes. Sent from an evil alien, the asteroid began oozing slimy ghoulish goo as it morphed into mutant alien life form on a mission to annihilate Earth with its telekinetic powers. Panic surged among the people. Superheroes gathered. What could be saved? What could be saved? Thankfully, lunch. Ziploc bags. Kids printed sandwich bags featuring Marvel superheroes are available in stores only for a millisecond. 
then we have another Mile High, Mile High Comics checklist. Um, then we have Bullpen Bulletins featuring a creator spotlight of Adam, Adam Kubert, which is ironic because uh, he's the current artist for Spectacular Spider-Man right now. Uh, shatter your senses, but have a butterfinger blast. And it's like a broken like screen with a guy with a giant <laughs> face. I may scan. I remember that one. I may scan these, and then like um, we have two pages of the crawl space uh, letters page, right? And then we have uh, coming in September Star Trek Voyager number one. Oh, Patrick Zercher artwork. Yep, with Starfleet Academy with Starfleet Academy number one preview, and then Star Trek Early Voyages coming in December. And then on the back, this is the most '90s thing: Heroes Reborn, featuring the talents of Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld. Order today! <laughs> well, that's, what, that's what we, we've not mentioned that like there's a lot of references to that, and in, in, uh, yeah. I think it was mainly the uh, Spider-Man two-parter. Like the heroes are gone, or like you know, yeah. it's only mm-hmm. Spider-Man Daredevil. Oh, this is even better. So th- th- that that was in um, Spider-Man '73, right? So Spider-Man '74, we get the the first ad is for Sliders, the season premiere. <laughs> September twentieth. I remember that show and I loved it. Is that, that the show. ad? Is that the ad where Jerry O'Connell's face, like kind of half, like yes. getting slid? I remember that ad yes. distinctly. Same time, same place, different dimensions. Wasn't Sean Rhys Davies on that? Yes. Yep. Nice, Indy, Indy. And then, okay, <laughs> then we get another ad for sometimes it's hard to be a hero. Beast leaping up through the air. If you're in trouble or having problems at home or in school, call 1-800-448-3000, Boys Town National Hotline, day or night. The call is free. And then taste a rainbow sweepstakes. Skittles bite-sized candies let you taste the rainbow. All right, then we move on. Another bullpen bulletins where we have to prepare to be electrocuted. Talking about um, uh, Electra. And then here's a topical reference. Star-Lord is back, and that's just the beginning. <laughs> because that was, the, like, I never... I, I, know, I, know, I never heard of the character in 1996. <laughs> and then we have Mile High, uh, Mile High Comics, um, Amer- America's largest comics retailer. Denver, Colorado, that, that would move to the Denver location. Then, oh, here's one. Starting September 1st, ABC Saturday morning is the coolest place to be. Bone Chillers, Jungle Cubs, Mighty Ducks, the animated series, Street Sharks, Jossel, <laughs> Street Sharks, Hell yeah. Schoolhouse Jossel. Rock, The Bugs Bunny and Tweety Show, Flash Forward, Gargoyles, The Goliath Chronicles, <laughs> <laughs> and right smack dab in the middle is ABC's Doug. Coming. <laughs> I I defend the Disney the Disney Doug. Uh, uh, episodes. I, a lot of people don't like them, but I, I like them. This is back. I remember this time period because this is when Doug was getting that uh, that Roman Reigns push. It's <laughs> like everybody's getting sick of Doug super fast because every every commercial is Doug. Every fucking ad is Doug. <laughs> Coming to ABC Saturday morning, and then uh, oh, you have subscribe today. It makes <laughs> spider sense. Get it? Oh God. <laughs> then we uh, have we have an ad for East Coast Comics. Uh, then we have the choice of champions. Um, avail- it's like a sunglass ad for sunglasses ad. You have Alexi Lalas. I have no idea. King Griffey Jr. I know who that is. And Scotty Pippen. I knew who that was. I don't know who the other guy is. Uh, Alexi Lalas is a, is a hockey player. Oh, okay. Oh, see, I should have asked the hockey guy. Uh, then we have uh, the ad for the first, uh, the first ongoing um, Deadpool series. 
By the way, that was a joke. He was actually a soccer player. Oh. I just wanted to see if you would catch that. I didn't know. He's he's an ugly hero in an ugly world. That's why he wears a mask. Monthly Mercenary Mayhem by Joe Kelly and Ed McGinnis. Deadpool. And then we was have was he wacky by this point? Yeah, yeah. So then we have like they'll the, never they'll, they'll never make a movie about that guy. Then they have this thing called time slip. Does anybody remember this? Like I remember seeing the ads. yes, I do remember this. So they like they had the first page was like like a redesigned version of Iron Man. And then we have a time slip with Victor Von Doom with a half mask. And then we have, like, Nick Fury with a full goatee that was not black. Um, and, of course, I mentioned the uh, the house ad. Next issue, the return of the one true Spider-Man. So then, uh, finally, in the secrets issue, I'm gonna, uh, there's the starburst where it says, First things first, gotta look for the burst. God, these are so punny. And then, like, when, when you guys were talking about... Um, and Gerard, you're gonna laugh at this when you're talking about like the Ben Riley scene with where it looks like Kirk Cameron's you know studying or doing his best Peter Parker impression. The very next mm-hmm. page is like when I was your age, kids said to me, "Emmett, you're too small to play football, but nothing could stop me. I carried on. I now have 8,956 yards rushing, three Super Bowl rings, and a notebook with my picture on it. I totally have that notebook. <laughs> of course you do. So. Nice. Get out and play football. That was their big initiative back then in the NFL. By the way, since you just kind of breezed by it, since you didn't remember what time slip was, it was basically like a like a Elseworlds kind of thing. Okay. Uh, then we had in the very middle of the issue the, 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 that uh, aforementioned Doug uh, ad. Then we have the Subway Kicks Pack. Collect all four buckets with Garfield. I think I actually had <laughs> those buckets. Oh my god, I remember when Garfield was super... We, although this is the mid-90s, wasn't Garfield and Friends off the air already? I think so. I think so. Yeah, because that cartoon was like late 80s, right? Yeah. It, it yeah. ran into the 90s, but I think by this point it would have been yeah. gone. This is the 96? Oh, it may, have been, it may have been on Fox. I think Fox picked it up for a few years. Anyway, that's that's the ads. I wanted to, before I gave my, my thoughts one more time, I wanted to go through and talk a little bit about what Glenn Greenberg had to say about this issue. Um, what so, ASM? Yeah, the ASM issue. So he talks a little bit about uh, Hobgoblin Lives. This is part 31 of the Life of Riley series. He says, according to the notes from when these issues were being written, it was Thomas Falco's idea that the noted criminal psychologist had an unc- uncanny ability to alter people's perceptions of reality. Later, when Glenn wrote the Osborne Journal, he went one step further and established that Traveler was a mutant and that this power of his, which had long been dormant within him, had been unleashed when he suffered a nervous breakdown several years ago. He also believes that Tom DeFalco suggested that the Squire's ability to seemingly pop up anywhere at any time could be explained away by establishing that there was more than one Squire, that it was really just a whole bunch of normal guys dressed up in identical costumes. Uh, Glenn took the idea and added a lot to it. At a lunch meeting with uh, Ralph Macchio, Macchio, excuse me, and boss Tom Revort, the Spider-Man writers Howard Mackey, Todd DeZago, and DeFalco suggested that the group of Squires be more than just a criminal organization, that they be something of a cult. Uh, Glenn suggested this group originate from Europe and that Norman Osborn would become aware of them and involved with them during the time when he was over there following his quote-unquote death in ASM-122. Glenn saw the Scryer cult as a group that was made of men bent on achieving power, wealth, and control, and that it bore many similarities to the Mafia, Ku Klux Klan, and the Hellfire Club. Ralph pointed out that we were we probably shouldn't completely debunk Scryer. He had mentioned that writer J.M.D. Mateus, 
who would help create the character, had future plans for Scryer in another Marvel title. Glenn thinks it was Silver Surfer at the time, and was going to be portraying him pretty much the same way as he'd been portrayed before, as a mystical, mystical being with great power. To accommodate Demetrius' plans, Glenn suggested that the cult of Scryer was originally inspired by an ancient, legendary, powerful being of the same name, who may or may not have actually existed. Oh my god. And then he <laughs> comments on the rose, and he says, The rose of these stories, as, as some of you probably know, turned out not to be Richard Fisk at all. But Fisk was certainly the original Rose. Glenn has to say, having just read the last few issues of Daredevil, he's quite intrigued by Brian Michael Bendis' portrayal of Richard Fisk. That dates this thing massively. Um, it's radically oh, different yeah. from what they've seen in the past and shows just how far from grace Richard Fisk had fallen. You'd never think that the weak-willed, desolate, sad sack of a man depicted by Bendis could ever have been one of New York City's most powerful crime lords. Anyway. That was really... Yeah, I, I remember reading the Bendis run, I was like, this, this is really jarring. It's like he's like this sort of slacker son. It's like, what happened to the Rose? How did he get that way? Yeah, exactly. So that <laughs> Bendis twisting a character beyond recognition just to, say, just to satisfy his story? <laughs> Perish the thought. I suppose I walked into that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my thoughts on this issue, I didn't like the artwork. Uh, this is when I really didn't like Ron Garney. Um, this was my first exposure to Ron Garney, and this is by far the weakest Ron Garney art I've ever seen. Uh, I agree. He, he gets better, like like in a decade or so, like like Luke Ross did. But at this point, I, it's not my case either. I love the Luke Ross cartoony style, so like sure. um, it, that didn't bother me at all. But like, um, yeah, I, I think that this book was it's it was simply to serve a purpose. That's all it was. It was it, this was like a kind of okay, let's get rid of let's get rid of Judas Traveler because he's a dangling plot thread. Let's get this done, get him out of the way, so we can focus focus on. Revelations, which I appreciate. What was, what was his last appearance? Do you remember? Uh, I, I had hang on, I had it pulled up a minute ago. Just a second. Um, it was one where he pretended to destroy Manhattan, wasn't it? I yeah, think Crossfire. so. I think it was the Crossfire episode, or episode, the Crossfire um, chapter. Two parter. Yeah, there was the two parter with with. Um, I had it pulled up a little bit ago. So here's the thing, though. Did they have to write him out? Because if they just never mentioned him after Crossfire, I, I don't think anyone would have cared. Yeah. yeah. All right. According to uh, Marvel Wiki, there were 30 total appearances by Judas Traveler, and the la- it, the looks like the previous. 30? Yeah. Really? Well, that they include like the the reprints of the British reprints. So his actual appearances were, uh, I think, yeah, a- ASM 57, 58, and 59. Um, or not ASM. Uh, Adjective was 57, 58, and 59. Uh, he briefly appeared in Force in uh, Force 16. Um, I think he appear, appeared in the background, and then uh, ASM. But before that, like as before, like outside of a background character, the last like big story was ASM 402 and 59. So. Yeah. So, other so, bas- so basically, you just said a whole bunch of words to just repeat what I said. It was yeah. Crossfire. Yes, yes. I, I, I was thinking out loud. So, yes, it was Crossfire. Gerard was correct. I mean, honestly, I tend to think also that it's usually better to just clear the decks instead of just living loose ends, no matter how lame the character is. I mean, someone's going to keep asking. But he, but he just went away at the end, so it's yeah. still a loose end. Yeah, but I think that at least they explained, like, his power set. <laughs> Actually, Judas they Traveler. retconned it. Judas Traveler, he's just as lame as you thought he was. Yeah. So, like, 
and like Dan Slott pretty much said that there was there was two characters he would never like bring back or whatever, and I think one was Hypno Hustler and the other was Judas Traveler. So Dan Slott thought you were lame. Remember when Dan Slott brought back uh, Facade for that one panel just to make a joke about him? Like, I'll tell you who I am, Spider-Man, and then, like, yeah. Spider-Man keeps talking. And blah, like, wasn't that just hilarious? I didn't mind that joke. <laughs> there are certainly... There are there certainly was a moment where I was like, damn you, Slott, you've insulted me. <laughs> but conspiracy went when I said that, but yeah, I was like, I thought that was kind of funny. That that one, there was far there was far worse... Um, there was far worse, you know. I've actually not read the full could... facade story anyway, so like I, I, oh, I, I need to go back. You're 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 not missing anything. Yeah, no, no, yeah, it's it's not good. It's not good stuff at all. But I, I give this a, I give this a D. I don't I didn't I didn't love this issue at all. So really, I, I just I love the Ben stuff like with with Peter. I love that part, but outside of that, I just don't love that this issue at all. It's just kind of there. It is tricky to to, to Greg because like the Judas Travel stuff is so omnipresent, but like when he's not there, you know, you have the Rose stuff and the Ben Pierce stuff. I mean, I don't love it either, but like, uh, so I don't, but I don't think it was a bad issue. But yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that, that like again, I, again, I, I don't mean to just swear up the podcast, but this guy, <laughs> <laughs> he really is like an insufferable character. Yeah, I'm glad we're done with him. I'll be honest; like he's my least favorite yeah. part of the Clone Saga. So, and when I also when I. Still to this day, when I read Gaunt's dialogue, I still imagine the voice of Stephen Hawking. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! We've covered. Every, I think we've covered pretty much everything we we set out to cover in this episode. So um, we're just a little over two hours, but um, yeah. So final thoughts, guys. Uh, it, I, I'm kind of have a sad feeling about this because this is the last really of the Ben Riley Spider-Man stories. And like with with those two adjectiveless issues, you got an idea of how high it could go, and then you with that you know with the ASM issue, you got an idea of how low it could go. So I feel like you're getting the whole the whole spectrum here. But I'm sad because like there's no more Ben Riley Spider-Man stuff. This is it. He's dead. The next the, the next arc. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, we've 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 covered the Ben Riley Spider-Man era for like at least four years maybe three years yeah um at least three years uh and you know we've never been very consistent with the show but like it does kind of feel that like we just got here because i guess i still have memories of those star spider titles <laughs> um, we, we you still have traumatic um um you have ptsd with this with this scarlet spider unlimited number one we brought that up on, hey we brought that up on spectacular radio when agents wade and briggs showed up yeah oh my donovan's God. rage <laughs> That's still one of my um, but favorite I mean, I mean, episodes. It, it feels. I mean, this is. I mean, I generally really like this this era. I can't. I can't. Think, I think this is probably like 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 the the lowest grade I've given in a long time. Um, Absolutely. And I do remember it being like just just very short and sweet. I I remember it not being very long. Like I, I got into Spider Man like right before he became Spider Man. So so like I this tracks. But gosh, you know, it's like it's almost like you know we hardly knew you. Mm-hmm. Greg, your thoughts? I mean, I feel like I just got here also, especially into the podcast. I think I came in during the Ben Riley era. And I'm... I mean, it took us a couple years, but it still feels like we just got started, and now it's about... It's, he's going away. Yeah. Gerard? 
I, I, I started this. <laughs> oh, that's right. Did you just Sorry. forget? Yeah, I forgot. ADD kicked in plastic bag. Um, yeah, I, look, I'm sad that we're that this is like the penultimate, you know, episode of of the '90s look back before Revelations. Like, one, I can't believe we finally got here. It's like, oh god, we finally got here. We've taken. It's been a lot of twists and turns to get here. I mean, there's been some side quests that we've done, and there's still some more side quests to go. But, um, yeah, I'm excited for covering Revelations, but at the same time, it's like kind of melancholy because we're, we're getting very close to the end, you know. So, yeah. Um, I am very excited to cover that. Oh, me That's too. one of my favorite issues of all time. So, like, my tentative plan for Revelations is going to be one episode where we cover the first three parts. And then the and the next episode being that we cover um, Osborne Journal and Peter Parker Spider Man seventy five. So this is the last time we'll call it Adjective with Spider Man on the show. Um, mm-hmm. This is the last. By case. the way, uh, again, again, that gives away the ending, doesn't it? Because the very next is seventy five is called Peter Parker Spider Man. Yeah, it's totally. Yeah. Why is it called that? <laughs> you pro- probably should have waited until seventy six for that retitled there, guys. Yeah, I mean maybe at the time. The backlash was so massive that they could not wait to like alleviate the the hate boner that people had for this console. Because like you know, I mean, lest we forget, we all know fans were having none of this at the time. I was talking with Shag Matthews, who was a fan of the show and also has, did like a Clone Saga look back read through, and he didn't like the Ben Riley stuff. He liked the clone, like the the beginning of the Clone Saga. He was the exact opposite of everybody else. Like, well, the guy has a lot of problems personally, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> you know, he, he always ghettoizes his background to Oracle, so you know he's an unreliable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that the, it's like um, um, I, I forgot you two have a rivalry going on for Stella's heart. So, um, but yeah, so let's. For Stella's airtime, he just showed up and started like shitting on me. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I hate him. Well, that's why he's the irredeemable shag. <laughs> so, um, one last thing, Donovan, uh, what are, are you reading the Ben Riley, the new Ben Riley series? Actually, I am. <laughs> um, uh, and I like, did you, you guys talk about like, is it canceled? I, dude, if you read the solicitations, it's looking like twenty five to last issue. It, it hasn't been confirmed yet. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, it's kind of. Uh, it's not really. I mean, it, it, I feel that like uh, the approval for for Benedict's own series was really quick after the Clone Conspiracy, which is you know over a year. And like I've I've actually been moderately enjoying the book, but I wouldn't say that like it's one that Marvel seems to really care about. So like it doesn't surprise me. I do like Will Sliney and and I love Mark Bagley, but like everybody else, like those covers are terrible. But uh, yeah, I, I, I couldn't remember if you were still reading that book or not. So maybe one of these days yes. we can get together with, without Gerard because I know he doesn't like the book. Um, and uh, I mean, Gerard, you're more than welcome to come on. I don't, I what do you mean I don't like the book? I just haven't read it. Okay. I mean, I mean, it, it's, it's certainly not my, one of my favorite books, but like, uh, it's just good enough that I've kept up with it. Yeah. Me too. Me too. I haven't read it yet. You get the further adventures of Kane. Kane's a constant. Yeah, uh, it, 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 um, at times it reads like a Ben Riley Kane buddy cop movie, which is what I wanted. So, well, the most important thing is that like Peter David legitimately uh, made a way to have Bim's redemption 
be completely and totally possible. That was the one that really said, "Okay, I'm 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 riding with you until the end." Yeah, issue Otherwise, seven. I'm, issue seven was the turning point of the series. The bad thing was it was issue. It took t- till issue seven to get there, but issue seven to me was the turning point. Absolutely. Um, my only thing is that, like, you know, what's going to happen afterwards? Because I was, I was actually thinking about that as I was driving home. I was like, you know, as much as I love Ben Riley, as much as he was such my introduction to Spider-Man, all kind of stuff, I, I and we'll talk about this, I'm, you know, I'm sure, uh, when we talked about 75, I really was content with the way he went out. And, and I know, Zach, you have personal problems with how, how he died, but, like, I was personally fine with it. I wasn't begging for him to come back, so, like, when he, I was so upset. Uh, for clone conspiracy, so like, to me at this point, it's like, so what do we do with him? Do, does he continue and get in like go away ignominiously? Does he have another hero's death? I think Spider. I think Spider Geddon is going to clear the decks of a lot of these Spider-related characters. If you want me to be completely honest, I think Kane's a goner. Um, actually, we didn't even th- talk about the fact that Kane's going to be in a, like a miniseries written by Christopher Priest of all people. But uh, he's been around for like how long? He's been around for a long time since the eighties. No, I mean, Kane, I mean, Kane's been around since like Brand New Day. Yeah, he came back during the Brand New Day arc. We covered uh, episode four was Who's Been Riley. So it was that story arc in ASM. So I was still in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how long it's been. It, that was also ten years ago when Methuselah was a small child. Um, so uh, uh, all right, Gerard. Pimp your show, man. Wrap the show. What up. show is that? Oh, uh, yeah, Mayday Mondays. Um, I don't know if it'll be posted before or after this. Probably before, but uh, we have an interview with uh, Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends that's been sitting and edited and ready to go for a while. Except can we for, please hear it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Zach, can you can you can you get the thing cleared so we can actually can I finally post this thing? Yeah, um, we're working on it. And then after. And then after that, we're going to get back into doing the Spider-Girl coverage, because we had just done those A-Nex episodes, so we're going to get back to the main meat of the show. Sweet. Greg, what's going on on Spectacular Radio? Well, well, we've scheduled an interview with Greg Wiseman and Victor Cook to discuss Identity Crisis. It's the last Venom episode. Then we're moving into the Gang War, and then the final Goblin arc. I mean, we've only really got seven episodes left of the series to cover. Sweet. And Don, what's going on with ASM? Oh, wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what episode of ASM Classics will be out by the time this comes out, but yeah. <laughs> I was making an ASM Classics joke, John. Sorry. Oh, Don, also, for old times' sake, since, we, since that's sort of how I started out podcasting, you're welcome to come on to Spec Radio to discuss any remaining episode you would like. Um, how, how far are you guys into it? I've fallen behind. How far are you guys into it? How many, how many episodes have you have left? Seven. The next one is the last Venom episode. I do love that Venom episode. Ven, 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 venom episode. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I think I, we're I, past I, the point where you got on spec uh, that that one that other spectacular Spider-Man show. Oh, well past the point. <laughs> so it wouldn't be you wouldn't be a retread for you, at least. Just <laughs> true. Yeah. So, uh, Don, tell us what you are doing. Uh, tell us about comic book film review and and uh, your other stuff. We've not done that in a while. Uh, that's been a lot more sporadic, uh, just because uh, everyone's lives have kind of uh, been the way they were. But you know, we, we've not pulled the plug on the show. Uh, we we have uh, we have plans to do movies like uh, the original Iron Man, something that Chris wanted to talk about. The last episode we did was on Infinity War. I like that um, episode. It was a good episode. I enjoyed it. Oh, thank you. 
Uh, we, yeah, we, that's that's our most recent one with myself, Bertoni, and Crazy Chris. Um, my most the most consistent thing I, I do is is uh, questions we don't have answers, um, which is which is a weekly social political show I do with my my buddy Harry Chute. And um, uh, not the last episode. That last one was actually, was actually a pretty serious one involving the kind of the, the James Gunn controversy and like you know. Uh, he and I get into pretty interesting disagreement on certain topics. But the one before that, when I actually uh, went to Comic-Con and he drove up from L.A., we did a commentary on Commando. Uh, what? Which the reason why we did that was because uh, it was – we had talked about like uh, writing and sort of like you know, the elevation of, of action movies and how responsible they may or may not be. So we both love that movie. We said, well, let's see if this has any problematic things in it. And like we just were laughing too hard to care. Um, so if you enjoy that, that's, that's kind of fun to listen back to. As you should, Commando's a great fun flick. I know, it's so family friendly. There's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. Uh, but, um, uh, we did, we, there's, that's, there's that, uh, kinoanswers.com. Um, I contribute a lot of content on the BatmanUniverse.net, which is DC. Um, I'm not done with many Marvel Spider-Man stuff in a while. This is pretty much my only Spider-Man outlet besides CBFR. But, uh, yeah, I mean, follow me on Twitter to see what I'm, see what, what I'm doing. Uh, since you know, stay salty. All right, guys. Well, obviously we got uh, Clone Saga Chronicles going on. Uh, I'm on that other show on that other website. Uh, in fact, I'm about to start. Channel Awesome? <laughs> Are we not mentioning it? <laughs> <laughs> you mean you mean Zach's the only other person associated with that site still? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that's absolutely true. Womp, womp, womp. It was a hell of a few months when that was going on. I said yeah. so, like, the vlogs. Uh, so yeah, I'm still on the I'm still on the crawl space. It it, it it's, it's been mentioned several times, but I'm doing I'm actually doing the Patreon exclusive show um, covering the spider satellites. So if you uh, become a Patreon subscriber for them, you get to hear more of me. So that that's always a good thing, right? But uh, obviously, Spidey-U.com having the four uh, four shows now on the network. I'm really excited about that. It's our 20th year. Um, an episode that I may like just post the interview, repost the interview with my dad. It will be up on the front page. It won't be like a podcast episode necessarily, but um, the sure. the interview with my dad was a lot of fun. I had a lot of I, I really enjoyed uh, that discussion, and it's kind of cool to have that recording of my dad. Something. Hey, like, no, Miss. Hey, no Mr. Joyner Sr., no Spidey dude. Go on. <laughs> That's true. Uh, and Gerard's actually met my dad several times, as a matter of fact. So, yep. So uh, really, really, like I say, I'm really excited uh, that we're getting close to the end uh, of CSC. Uh, we got plans for stuff afterwards, but really the only remaining issues we have now is is the well, the next month's worth of books, which was – Cover dated uh, December of 1996, which was uh, ASM 417. Uh, spectac- well, Spectacular 240 was in November of uh, 1996, but um, so we have five issues left of the 90s Clone Saga. So um, plus um, Osborne Journal, but I'm talking about core titles. Uh, a few one shots here and there. Um, there will be some odds and ends on an episode. I'm going to be covering a Spider Island hashtag. Probably be covering the Ben Riley uh, series. In chunks, uh, probably like seven or ten issue chunks, uh, just a couple, like two or three episodes of that, or maybe three or four, I don't know, um, just yet. But covering that, and that'll pretty much, uh, of course, whatever Spider-Geddon brings forth, 
um, and probably a, a solo Spider-Verse episode. The Spider Island and Spider-Verse and uh, like the what ifs I'm covering by myself. So those will be solo efforts that will be coming on, coming down the pike. Spider-Man is going to reveal that Peter is a clone of everyone. <laughs> They're all the original. Da, da, da. He is a clone of Silk, who's a clone of Spider-Gwen, who's a clone of Gwenpool, who's a clone of, like, Squirrel Girl. Yeah, I have, a, I have a, like, a feeling that pretty much every every other Spider character is going to die, except for Spider-Gwen, Silk, and Miles. Maybe Gang doesn't die. Well, isn't Miles, like, like getting, like, like, a new costume and moniker? Is like, was, because we're too ashamed to call him Spider-Man anymore? I, I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. But anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that off the air. With that, guys, we appreciate you guys uh, contributing to the podcast. Remember, the email address is clonesoccerchronicles at gmail.com. Our phone number for the voicemail line. You heard five voicemails tonight, which I really do appreciate all those guys calling in, um, is 818-925-6631. That's 818-9-CLONE-1. If you want to be on the show and be a part of the program. We appreciate any and all voicemails, and that is the voicemail for the entire radio network, except for obviously some classics, because it's all old episodes. If you want to leave them a voicemail, I, I guess I could play it to them later. But anyway, um, as always, we appreciate you guys. Uh, keep coming to Spidey-Dude.com. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Network. If you type that in into the uh, search bar at uh, Facebook, you'll find us. Um, uh, twitter.com slash s dude podcast it's s dude podcast formerly known as clone slugger crony um yeah so that's the different and various ways to reach us if you want to leave us a review on itunes we will also read it on the show we appreciate it and we'll see you next time clone heads 